Good morning, Bailey Shelton. Good morning, Joe Shelton. Uh, and good morning, faithful listener. You're listening to Family Rabble. It's a podcast <laughs> about... Um, Nothing at well, all. My family rabbling to one just, another. Just we, our we, rabble. We're a talkie family. Yeah. We've got, a, we, we've got a rabble about us. And we don't often introduce ourselves. So, you know. No, we never do, actually. <laughs> Um, not a single time in fact when i said and hello faithful listener dad gave me a little look like oh you're gonna just break the fourth wall on me like that right now this early yeah right now yeah just at the start of the show just break it out there yeah no need to have that fourth wall well you know faithful listener open concept uh you know when when they say you know, the marketing people are like, you know, you need to find who your listener is and then cater to them. Well, we need to find who that those four people are that listen and we could cater to them really well. Well, I think two or three of them text you and they're like, hey, I listened to the episode. Well, you know, I don't know that all of them regularly listen to all the episodes. So I think we might have a pool of like eight people that mm. <laughs> that randomly listen to different ones. Right. So, um, hey, you know, the listener stats are not the most important thing at all to this particular podcast. It's a low budget um, entertainment machine. That's what it is. Maybe I should have, maybe I should have said, and hello, faithful listener, you are the least important part of this. (laughs) Maybe that would have helped our, our demographic. Enjoy I mean, the show. We we rather st- we, we we rather steadily get four to eight listeners on each on a, each episode. So you know, yeah. Um, I guess some of them are less attractive to folks. When we were talking about square dancing, um, hey, that hey. one that one only got three listeners. Um, don't don't call our listeners unattractive. No, not them. Our our our. I was talking about us. Apparently. Oh. The, the topic of square dancing was not big for our, our entire audience, and we lost 25% of them on that. <laughs> Maybe it was a bad week. I don't Maybe know. They had they other could, things going they on. They could still redeem themselves and download the episode that talks about charity fundraisers, euchre, and square dancing. And I'm telling you, I guarantee it's actually one of our funniest episodes. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, I mean... If I was you heard gonna, it here, folks. Joe Shelton laughs at his own podcast. Well, I mean, of course, I laugh in my own podcasts. Well, that's true. I have more than one. The other podcast still gets way more listeners than this one on a weekly basis, and I haven't put out a new episode in sixteen months. Well, you say that. Here's the thing: we've been we've been churning along on promoting said podcast. The other podcast uh, because it's attached to the other thing. <laughs> The other other podcast, uh, Moonshine and Music, does get promoted, like, um, much more heavily, yes. Um, You're like, oh, nothing's come out. I was like, the ads have, the ads have come out. But they're not for the actual, well, I guess they sort of are for the podcast. They're really for the National Road Music Series, which is kind of my focus at the moment. We need to get people to go in to watch the show. Um, well, and in the meantime, you know, you have been that. posting clips of Megan Christine Martin and two Jasons and Mikey Good on Moonshine and Music. So. Yeah, well, and all of the National Road Music Series things are going to be on Moonshine and Music, so it all works, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a circular system. We built it that way. Yeah. That's our uh, impersonation of a circle. 
<laughs> well, you know, we we haven't really introduced ourselves on the show in a while. Do you do you want me to give the full introduction? I mean, why don't you give your full introduction? I mean, you can. Okay, well, uh, well, welcome to Family Rabble. Let me start it over, faithful listener. Uh, welcome to fa Family Rabble. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Bailey Shelton. I am a native of Indianapolis, Indiana. I uh, was actually born in Muncie, Indiana. Uh, fact that I am reminded of frequently uh, because go. And you Hoosiers. did actually, and you did actually live there for three, four years. For Four years, yes. I went to college there, as did, uh, what was it, six, seven members of my immediate family? Um, we are ball so staters, mostly. It's a real shame that we weren't involved in, what, what is it called? Um, rushing fraternities at all? Because None that would have us. definitely been a legacy yeah. um, pledge. None of us uh, were, 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 none of us were in a fraternity or, or a sorority. Not a single one. No. Um, and instead, I was a legacy to the journalism program uh, and the telecommunications program, uh, which is where I graduated from in 2020, year, year of our pandemic, 2020. Uh, 2020 and then the year after of our that, pandemic. I've been working, you know, as, as I was always an RT little last, um, I uh, graduated and started doing freelance graphic design, photography, and copywriting, which is uh, still what I do and uh, editing. for a publication called Stick and Hack. Uh, and also for my father <laughs> and and a variety of Which other is, clients uh, I recently for not did, less uh, entertainment you know just because i for, own that sorry for not less entertainment i, I yeah. which is my last name backwards uh, yes. for those of you keeping track um yeah. and so currently i live in in glasgow scotland because the company i work for has to do with golf and i have lived here for <laughs> Mm, since July. So we're coming up on nine months now, I want to say. Look at that. Is that math right? I feel like That's the math's math. not right. I feel like it's yeah. less than nine. I feel like it's, it's, it's impressive. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I live in Glasgow, Scotland. Um, it's almost still 10 months, photos, actually. Still yeah, you're, 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 you're roaring up on 10 months here at the end of the month. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. <Yeah. laughs> I don't feel like it's, uh, I feel like May time. is 10 and then no, June is 11 no, and then, June, well, the actually, no, you're right. Yeah. Cause I moved at the top of July. So my one year right. is in, in July 4th weekend. So, right. But yeah, yeah. here nor there, um, you know, since I mean, I've lived here, I've, I've gone to the 150th open at St. Andrews. Uh, I went to the women's Scottish open in Dundonald. I've gone to, you know, France and London and Ireland, and um, I'm really hoping to get to Germany at some point uh, because it sounds cool and I have some friends there. Uh, and then I've also been doing a lot of illustration, a lot of photography. I mean, your brother was there for writing. two weeks and he visited more countries than you have. So uh, I, I my brother was here for two weeks and he saw me for three days out of that total. So yeah. <laughs> He, he he bounced around the continent for sure yeah he has he also has quite a bit more capital than i do um in general so <laughs> well uh, yeah he, he didn't um he didn't relocate a cat to scotland which was well definitely that is not the reason he makes more money than me <laughs> and, uh, so um uh, he did physically relocate the cat but he didn't pay for such things yeah, he also um, elected to 
double major in biology and chemistry and now works at a lab uh, and because he's not working in a creative field he makes a good I want to say twenty thousand dollars more a year than I do. So. Well, you know, you don't have to put his, his salary out there. It's okay; he can handle. Uh, it. As long as they don't know my salary, they don't know his salary, but yeah. they know the comparison, which is the important part. <laughs> They're guessing at yours yeah. now. Um, the um, the interesting thing, though, uh, about it all, I guess, is that you are uh, very good at graphic design and writing and editing. Um, that is true. I but, am I am good at what I do. That's why I do it. I feel like yeah. I would not be very good at um, testing lab samples, for example. I, I don't think um, you would last more than 15 minutes because that is I not don't really bad. like doing things I'm bad at. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not it's not your it's not your game. I get it. No. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I am Joe Shelton and um, I am the proprietor of Not Less Entertainment. Um, and I have. Um, I've been playing music in many states on many different nights, over a thousand shows now. I think I'm at a thousand and twenty-four. Um, and the uh, songwriting, I have four albums that are out there that I've written uh, most of the songs on. I think, I think I've maybe recorded um, like two songs that I didn't write at all. Like most of them, I either co-wrote or wrote. Um, and uh, the other ones that I did that were written by the guy who generally co-writes songs with me, which is Todd Blower. Um, so, you know, all original music that I put together. And I um, host the Moonshine of Music podcast, which is much more popular than this one. Um, but it's all about uh, original music. And um, I, our, our tagline is the best artists you have never heard. Um, so it's a lot of fun doing that because I, I have a lot of songwriting friends and uh, it's really cool to get them out into the world and that's a lot of fun and um, we also have a lot of fun with uh, the show we do a lot of goofy things sometimes um, including my friend who's a comedian that works on the show um, his name's Brentley Smith he's also he also doubles as a cameraman grip like stunt double whatever we need to do <laughs> i mean i was gonna say that was i i, I pa'd for you for a while that's kind of every every role on that show so yeah <laughs> there's there's all kinds of show, roles because it is a video show as well um although you know we have made things more compact with the use of zoom um mm -hmm. sometimes but um this year we're not doing that we're going to be doing full-on productions over there um in conjunction with uh, Joiner Homes and Domino's Pizza, who are sponsoring the shows at the National Road Music Series at the Ricks Theater in Greenfield, Indiana. So we have a lot going on. Now, during the daytime, I'm actually a software engineer for a really large major corporation, and uh, I work completely remotely. So um, it, is, uh, it is a great thing to work remotely. I love that. I do not endure uh, offices super well and I was in one for like 25 years so it's really great to be working completely from home um, although I didn't uh, completely work in an office even before the pandemic I was probably like a 50 percenter on that so <laughs> right um, the um, but that that's uh, I guess our introductions now what we're going to be talking about all the time what I mean if you've listened to any of these is basically us like just whatever the heck's going on in our lives at the moment and so you get to be like a fly on the wall as Bailey and I catch up as she's across the pond and I'm still in Indianapolis. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah. So, um, I also wanted to mention that you are like the Hoosierist of Hoosier. Like, <laughs> I guess like, like, I, I wouldn't say, and not not in a stereotypical way, but it, as in, like, you are one of the few people who like owns and absolutely loves where you're from like you found a real like home in it like you love greenfield you love I do. indiana in, as a whole and you've um, you know and, and indianapolis real... i've like I, I mean i feel like um i feel like the thing is that uh when i was younger i i i lived i, I grew up in muncie and i um wanted to leave town and I think that just about everybody wants to leave their hometown and it doesn't matter where it is. If you're from Miami, you want to go somewhere else when you get out of high school. <laughs> yeah. And most of us are like, Miami, why the hell would you want to leave there? The weather's great, you know, but there's definitely reasons to leave like wherever you are, wherever you've been from. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, um, I think that uh, not just living, I, I lived in Nashville, Tennessee for a couple of years and I also, have traveled a lot working and i think that um coming um coming back to here it's just um it's it's not just the feeling that i'm you know home because i lived here all that time it's just a it's a comfortable place to live it doesn't cost a lot to live here compared to other places so mm -hmm. you get a lot of value for your money in whatever um you know house you choose to pick um <laughs> and um there's a lot of friendly people uh, the the political climate here has not been exactly friendly to um, to folks who uh, aren't um, a little bit angry with the government or the whole way that things exist, um, and I think that that's uh, really unfortunate because um, it's to me um, when people are unhappy with our government it's because government just isn't listening to them not because uh, of a party or another party and i think that what what has happened is that a lot of people who are just angry have centered around one of the parties lately and that has caused us to have political unrest here in indiana um mm -hmm. and i think that we have to uh just be cognizant of that and and try to be nicer to each other um <laughs> Because it doesn't really matter which um, side of the spectrum you're on. Uh, the thing that was really cool about Indiana always as I was growing up and, you know, even now when people put that stuff off the table, everybody's just really friendly. And um, and that's why I, why I like it here because the people not, you know, definitely not the weather in the wintertime. Um, or, you know, and our terrain isn't particularly, um, you know, what you would call oh wow that's incredible it's awe striking i mean it's uh it's not um central indiana is largely flat um so we you know we uh, and it, it and that has a beauty in its own way but it's not um something that you go oh my goodness like you know if you go out to arizona and look at the grand canyon and you just i mean like you you sit there if you've been someone who's lived in a cornfield hall of his life the first time you step up to the edge of the Grand Canyon, your jaw is like laying on the bottom of the Grand Canyon because it's incredible. <laughs> and um, it's not just incredible. It's like one of those things where they, they try to show you photos of it your whole life and tell you how cool it is and how big it is. And it completely is bigger. It completely is cooler. <laughs> there, I went to see like the Grand Canyon IMAX theater thing like back in the 90s. 
-hmm. and and i was like wow and then i went to the grand canyon and i was like oh my god it didn't do anything for it like <laughs> i have a similar story by the way yeah so when i was i want to say i was maybe like 16 um there was this show on television that mark hamill actually was the like um the the voiceover guy he was he was like the the host of it was called like modern marvels of man or something and it was like each episode they would talk in like a documentary style about like a different man-made construct that was like crazy feat of engineering and the one that i always remembered was the channel right the 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 train right. underneath the english like the tunnel that runs underneath the english channel and you've ridden that right I have written it. Yeah. And the first time I wrote it was when I was 18 and I like I remember like literally like it was like my grandma was sleeping across from me and I was just like bolt awake staring out the window at darkness going like we're <laughs> under so much fucking water right now. Like just insane like an insane level of water. And so the channel runs from Calais to like the English coast i forget what town it is because basically it's like there's not a stop between calais and and london um but like the way it was built was that they had two like never before seen like high pressure drills that like would like worm their way chomping and then shit out the dirt behind like and they had to like rotoscope it perfectly with like gps tracking in order to make sure that the two sides lined up because if they missed each other like redirecting the tunnel was going to cost like billions of dollars right so mm -hmm. the real impact of that is that the technology used to build this railway is like that uh, massively affected like all we know about like gps tracking telecommunications like an impressive feat of engineering what i didn't fully understand uh was how much fucking distance that is okay so it's a 45 minute boat ride across where it crosses mm -hmm. um and i recently took the ferry from a different port like down the coast of france that was actually like because of the angle it was like a four hour ferry ride and um four hours on the english channel makes you understand why like pirates were able to like have an entire industry up and down that bitch like <laughs> like you're like and why is... there were all kinds of wars in that area yeah, yeah you're like this is a massive amount of water i thought that this was not that much water <laughs> like, well, like i knew if, if it was think bigger about this, than a river isn't it like <laughs> 90 miles across there or how many miles is the English Channel at its closest point? I can't remember. At its closest point, I think it is. It's close in close to ninety miles. It's like just far enough that if you swim it, it's like a impressive feat. Well, somebody like people have swum it, but like that's yeah, crazy. yeah. Like, it, it, yeah. It's like insane to me to even try. Because <laughs> like, it is. It's basically like open ocean water. Okay, so the closest point is twenty-one miles yeah so, so that's like there's like a little tip of france that sticks out quite a ways <laughs> yeah so that little tip of france they were like well that's where we're gonna start it <laughs> like, so that's i'm i'm you're talking about the little tick i'm pretty sure calais is on that little tick 
at, um, at, it, at its widest, it's 350 miles. So like at the, at the thinnest point, it's 21. And at the widest point, it's 350 miles. Yeah. So, so like um, that 350 miles, if you can imagine, is where um, like uh, Sir Francis Drake was like fucking raiding ships. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of space there. I mean, 21 miles is a long way, too. It's not like you can see France from England. No, right? no it's, it's not. So, it's not close um, enough to see. Like when people yeah. swim it, there's a boat running detail along their swim because there's a very good chance that if you're in like the middle of the English channel, you like get that distance blindness and you don't know which direction you're swimming anymore. I just uh, like, cause I was Googling the width, the story popped up about this uh, ultra marathon swimmer who has uh, swum the English channel four times. Like it's the record without stopping. That's insanity. So That's, that is Sarah so Thomas. They, so As Sarah an, Thomas, swam American the ultra marathon swimmer, and then she, said, "You know what? I'm, I'm going to turn, turn around and go back." She she times. did Forrest Gump with the with swimming across the English Channel, and I just I was swimming. She did it four times nonstop, fifty four okay. hours of swimming. Yeah, and she when she rose out of the seawater, she had lost twenty pounds. <laughs> I don't know about that, but. Um, well, I don't know about also, that, but I bet he was also he, stung on the face by a jelly like, slit by a jellyfish. Ah, yeah. Um, Sarah Thomas, why? So, like, I mean, this uh, the the other thing you have to think about if you're swimming the English Channel is this is an open body of water that goes into the ocean. So there are plenty of creatures in there with you. Yeah, and some of those creatures are not super friendly, like jellyfish, for example. Well, so um, like one of the things that, um, like one of the people I met on the ferry ride, um, she likes to head to Dieppe, France, just for the weekend. She like lives near Brighton in the south of England, and they have daily ferry rides. So she just takes the ferry ride over the morning, gets an apartment in Dieppe, hangs out on the coast of France for two days, and then heads back on Monday. Okay. And she was like, yeah, a lot of the times when the weather's right and the season's right, there'll be dolphins that like swim beside the ferry. And I'm like, that is insane. <laughs> like this I mean, ferry has insane. dolphins with it. That makes sense. Yeah. But like yeah, swimming with the dolphins. they're ocean creatures. <laughs> yes. So like, you know, yeah. w w w um, years ago when, um, when your grandparents lived in Florida um, on the West Coast, and your uncle Tony lived down there. He had a boat, and we would go, um, we would go out in the waterway and in the Halifax waterway and, and into the ocean and stuff. And um, uh, they didn't call it Halifax on that side on the west coast. It was the um, intercoastal waterway. Um, okay. So we we went on there, and um, and the dolphins would swim alongside our boat and jump, like as we were mm -hmm. going through on the way to the to the you know to the uh, Gulf of Mexico. And um, the uh, and the manatees as well, like you know, manatees but, are huge. Like are. I feel like, yeah. Like I don't know if you They're, thought they were smaller, but like no, when I, I saw them in the zoo, they seemed small. And then I like saw one when we were in Sarasota last time, and I was like, oh, that is like the size of a boat. Like <laughs> manatees are massive. Yeah, so big. like the 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 ones that you probably that you saw in the aquarium were babies. Yeah, probably because they're not meant to be kept in 
captivity. Well, they don't, they don't generally keep them in, in the aquarium anyway. They, they only bring them in there to nurse them. Manatees yeah. are also very slow, and they're mm -hmm. also super friendly. Um, yeah. But they, um, they often get caught up in boat rotors. Yeah. And they get, uh, and they get injured. Not the bigger ones, because people see them, but the babies. And yeah. so then people will um, take them in. They'll take them to an aquarium and nurse them back to health and then release them back into the wild. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, those happen a lot. Uh, also, they do that with the uh, sea turtles. Yeah. Because the babies I've, get I've seen hurt. a few sea turtles that way, too. Yeah. Um, it's like, and then there are certain, like, nature preserves that, like, they'll keep the animal in captivity for their, like, its entire life because it's injured and can't survive on its own anymore. Right. But generally speaking, those kind of animals don't really, like, interact with humans because they're not human like they're not desensitized to human presence so yeah you have to be like you know when you're in uh, the intercoastal down there around sarasota and venice um that you have to be uh very cognizant of the uh of the manatee because you you know a you'll hurt the manatee but b you'll really hurt your boat like <laughs> well <laughs> and mean, so that you was know, if you if you i mean it, it the, the manatee won't feel good after the boat hits it but the big manatees will take your boat out like because yeah. they're so big that yeah you know, like you don't we, want to be um, hitting the manatee we, that's a bad idea <laughs> we even saw one that wasn't that big it was just the size of like maybe like we were in kayaks at the time so it was the size of maybe like two kayaks strung together Mm -hmm. Um, but there was like a, it, that like seems a pretty average size actually about that. Yeah. Size. I was like, that was like a, like, yeah, it wasn't like a huge manatee or anything. Like I mean, that. I've seen some like really big one. ones, but most of them are like about what you said, a couple kayaks, yeah, about two kayaks strung together. Yeah. But we saw them because I, we were in the, the mangroves. Like I, my aunt and I took a kayak tour of the mangrove forest, which right. if you're ever in Sarasota, I would 100% recommend, Absolutely. um, it's run by the same kind of companies. If you've ever gone like on a white water rafting tour or anything like that, there's like a certain um, vibe of tour guide that like just kind of travels seasonally to different vacation destinations and runs like boat tours. Um, so actually the guy who was running our tour was um, a guy who went out West for the, <laughs> the summer seasons and, uh, did some rafting tours on the West Coast and then came back to Florida every like off season, quote unquote, to do the mangrove forest tours. So it's actually really, really interesting. Was that around down Osprey there. or was it? Cause... I think it might have been in Osprey because uh, yeah. basically they're trying to like the reason that that company, and there are a few companies Venice. who do it, they're trying yeah. to reestablish that mangrove forest um, right. because a few a few years ago they like basically found that it was dying because of how much like human impact had happened to it over time um well there's, and... uh, the mangroves also uh, around I, I remember that around osprey there's a big mangrove forest and it's also a uh, an orange grove like it was not a, a it, massive it, orange I, grove as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was not an orange grove attached to this one. I think this one was literally in Sarasota Bay. I'm pretty sure. Ah. But um, literally, the thing about that mangrove forest is that mangroves, <laughs> like the way that the water, the fresh and salt water meet in that mangrove forest, is a natural mosquito repellent for the cities. So, mm -hmm. like, there were a whole bunch of different like 
reasons to reestablish that mangrove forest and that's what they've been trying to do for the past few years they like mangroves are a really good mosquito repellent as are um bats and bats love to live in mangroves in mangrove forests yeah yes. but basically um, um on because that because they tour, the, the mangroves are really thick and it becomes cave-like underneath them and yeah so, so bats they are attracted us through there are like a few heritage trails through the mangrove forests where the roots have like established waterways into like a mangrove cove in the center. Like a, um, and like there a are a cave few, underneath like, the mangroves who live there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like you go through the cave of trees in a very specific way and then you come out and it's like this bay surrounded by trees and yeah. Yeah, cool. I could use some mangroves out back of the house. Like I agree. I you know I don't really like, want the bats, but but I, you know the the anti mosquito thing I'm good for. Yeah, I, I recently nice. we, we were talking about this yesterday. Sarah and I were, um, you know, out near our fire pit trying to think of what because uh, there are plants that you can put in that like repel mosquitoes. And you know, there's a lake back there, right? Um, so there's a lot of water. I'm, I'm um, trying to think of it's it it's they use the essential oil from it to make those candles. But lemongrass. No. Because we um, looked that up. Lemongrass and citronella. Does, Citronella. So citronella plants are what we used um, at the St. Louis Opera Theater uh, because it's also most of St. Louis. I don't, I don't know if you've been in a St. Louis summer. I have um, many times. Yeah, that shit, first of all, sticky. Uh, and second of all, <laughs> it's like basically the entire city of St. Louis, dear listener, um, is a river. Very similar, to in, <laughs> very similar to Indy in terms of its climate. <laughs> But you have yeah, it's um, similar to Indy. It's just more fucking humid because it's like it's on, on the, the bank of the Mississippi River. <laughs> yeah, the river, the Mississippi is quite a bit bigger than the White River that runs through Indy. So yeah, yeah I hear you. Yeah. So because of the Mississippi, uh, mosquitoes fucking love St. Louis in the summer, uh, and there's yeah, there's really nothing Indy to too. cut through it, um, except for having maybe two hundred cilantro or. Citronella so, plants. You know what's on, honestly interesting about like the worst mosquito place I've ever been is in Tippecanoe State Park, which is just north of Lafayette. Yeah, because it's, um, it's it, a well, it, 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 it's it's right on the Wabash River, right near it, and the uh, I, I mean it's it may be a tributary, it may not actually be the Wabash, but it definitely is. Real, there's a river running through the park, and the amount of mosquitoes there are, I mean, the, there's. There's more mosquitoes per square inch there than anywhere else on the earth. I'm convinced of it. I, and I think that this is a good point to just bring up. Um, I know a lot of people don't like hiking in the cold, but uh, top 10 times to hike near a fucking river is early spring or late fall. <laughs> After the first freeze. Or, After the or first freeze or right before the last freeze is probably your your key hiking through the woods near a river time because after that um that's a mosquito reservation so it's actually uh, on the typical river which flows into the wabash so yeah it's a tributary so the Tippecanoe River, it's called because it is called Tippecanoe River State Park. I, I was just like yeah. abbreviating, <laughs> but I looked river? it up here yeah. and I'm like, yeah, I, what is the name of that river? Yeah, it's the Tippecanoe River that runs through there. And I'm telling you right now, man, they it, it is really good at producing mosquitoes. I'm the, yeah. literally we were hiking there. I think you were maybe three or four years old, and we had like covered ourselves mm -hmm. in the DEET based 
you know. Oh, I, stuff, I right? remember a few hikes where it was like you just you took me behind the car and you said, hold your breath. And it was like <laughs> several minutes later, I could have opened my eyes and taken a breath and it would have been. We did like a fog of this, not only on you, but us. <laughs> And like, like you were fumigating me. <laughs> so like, you know, we had walked, you know, a lot of the day going through those woods and it was very, it's a very pretty place. Um, but then we, uh, we got back to the campground and my finger was itching like underneath my wedding ring and it, there was a welt and my weight ring wouldn't go all the way down back on my finger. I had sweated a little mm -hmm. bit and the ring had moved down my finger and the only spot that didn't have deed on it was underneath my ring wedding ring. And um, th there were three mosquito bites in that like half inch area, a quarter inch area where my ring was. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> they like found the only spot on my body that they could draw blood from. <laughs> they were <laughs> they're like, okay, land carefully because. <laughs> Come in um, for a landing. The ring is moved. They were like, there's <laughs> fresh blood. Because every um, other thing has been scorched. Um, I don't know if you remember this. I distinctly remember on one of our Florida vacations, it was like, I think we were on the panhandle or something and it was like a family vacation. And I was still like a pretty young kid. I want to say I was like maybe middle school age and we were at like an ice cream shop. And in the time it took us to like get out of the car, go like you guys went into the ice cream shop and I was just like sitting on the front porch of the ice cream shop. And by the time you came back, I had like, like upwards of 50 mosquito bites on my legs and they were like starting to swell <laughs> like, you've gotten into a swarm I was allergic to the mosquitoes down there and so i had like it wasn't like a normal mosquito bite it was like the size of a silver dollar like mosquito bites on my legs and i just was like <laughs> we need to get out of here like we cannot hang out here i will not survive <laughs> we're not hanging out here and eating ice cream because the mosquitoes yeah. think i'm the ice cream and they love yeah. me they're like, oh, yeah. she's just so sweet. She must be like a treat for us. She tastes like caramel and cream. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, we need to get out of here. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Mosquitoes, man. Yeah. I was like, I don't think you understand. Look at my legs right now. Like, we don't want to hang out here. Like, Najib was like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. They, I don't have a single mosquito bite. I was like, yeah, because the, they were swarming me. Like, they were all over you like white on rice, man. Um, yeah, they were like, um, so I watched Lilo and Stitch recently um, because they're doing oh, like a live action Only recently? I, like, I mean. Well, always, <laughs> always. But I was rewatching it and I was thinking about, um, it's funny that we're talking about mosquitoes because that's like a central plot point. <laughs> like, oh, look, a delicate little mosquito has used me as her perch. <laughs> And then they're like, like swarming you and all you can see of Pleakley is his eye, you know? <laughs> yeah, don't ask for mosquitoes. That's not no. a good gift. Um, so, yeah, we do. Um, so we, 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 we found out it's lemongrass, citronella, and uh, marigolds, apparently. Yeah. So we're going to figure something out. Because um, uh, it would be nice to not have so many mosquitoes this summer. You yeah know. well and sarah's um, a big uh, plant growing savant so i feel like you're gonna get i mean better than me yeah um, i mean i'm, I'm yes. really good at killing plants 
that's my specialty. Well, you know, except for the ones I don't want to grow, those grow like gangbusters. Like, you know, <laughs> if I, I put like down, I story. Are you I put down like about... a mulch bed, then then like grass will come right through that. Like, it, you know, it, it's like not a. <laughs> I don't know. I have a. I have no problem growing stuff through mulch, like so, even if I don't want it to grow. Yeah. So, um, I composted when I was in college, I, I composted for maybe two years. I just, I had a compost bucket out back and, uh -huh. um, was planning on donating the compost. And then I moved out of my, that apartment, like, well, that house, like six months before, like I, I ended up moving back in with my parents. And, um, when I was packing, I didn't think, oh, well, let me take care of the compost pile. I just kind of abandoned it. Nice. And, uh, Good job. One of my former roommates texted me like maybe three, four months at later, like once the ground had thawed, she was like, did you know you're growing um, sunflowers and tomatoes? And I was like, oh, am I? And it was because <laughs> the compost like had had the seeds of whatever I had been making that year. And it, like, it grew into the compost bucket like and so when that roommate moved she was like do you mind if i just take this with me i was like i don't know why you're asking my permission i didn't park it i abandoned it like <laughs> so like, you pulled out a line from stripes now. yeah there that's nice yeah. i love it thank you thank we're you not parking it we're abandoning it <laughs> oh don't you can't park here it's a loading zone <laughs> oh don't worry we're not parking it we're abandoning it I love that as if it's better. <laughs> it at least clarifies why I don't care that it's a loading zone. <laughs> the guy that doesn't want you to back. park there, however, is still shit out of luck. Yeah. <laughs> like you're going to have to call a tow truck regardless, but you might as well do it right now. Cause, <laughs> cause I'm, I'm not, not coming, coming back. back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're going to threaten me with towing it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I always thought, was it, uh, yeah, I always thought that the funniest part of that is like, the technicality of that is that that guy was like, you know what? Sell it for scrap metal. I do not care. Because I'm not going to pay for it to come out of the, like, pound ever. Um. So. <laughs> and they left the keys in it. So Yeah, you they did. <laughs> You could just drive away. That's a free car. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, buddy. The thing is, though, you should always be suspicious when someone's doing that because... Probably a I'm piece not... of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably going to be more trouble than it's worth. That's Honestly, my guess. yeah, probably. Uh, it's a three-step process. You take the keys, you drive it to the nearest mechanic, and you say, how bad is it? And then the mechanic tells you, and you're like, okay, well, it's a free car. Uh, and then you think about it, and you go, okay, I'm going to find a junkyard if need be. So my dad, um, this is actually uh, along those lines. He had my, my uncle, um, my uncle Bud had uh, this Ham's beer van. It was like a, a Ham's beer delivery van, like from, you know, like on the side of it, it said Ham's beer and all that stuff. And it was a, it was a, uh, I, th I think it was a 1963 Dodge uh, cargo van. Okay. Okay. Well, my dad liked to go fishing and camping and stuff, uh, mostly fishing. Um, and so 
he was at the time looking for something to be able to just like store all the gear in and then just be able to take off and go right and right. Uh, bud had this van and he was like i'll sell it to you for four hundred dollars as long as i never have to look at it again <laughs> you know and uh that's a red flag <laughs> so dad bought it from him for four hundred dollars and then uh -huh. we had it i want to say four four or five years right mm -hmm. and um john and i used to use it to deliver the newspaper routes because um we it, you know it had plenty of space in the back so, and we had four newspaper routes so um and he john at the time had a mustang uh, like he had like a 79 mustang and it was a piece of junk like mm -hmm. one of the worst cars that i ever remember our family having anybody in our family like that thing was always there was always something wrong with it <laughs> like and and the it was it, you know it was a ford and the acronym that we used for it was fixer repair daily like and it was literal with this 79 mustang biggest yeah. piece of junk ever okay so like the car was always broken so john was always driving the beer van because you know it was transportation and it was much better for the paper route anyway because there was a lot more room to put all the papers in it than there was in the mustang <laughs> yeah so uh, the thing about it was it was one of those flat front vans and the engine of the van was in between the two front seats Okay, so like there was the the engine was there and there was like a flat platform on the top of it Like just and it was a pretty wide thing because it was the engine that ran the whole van, right? Mm -hmm. So like when it started up the engine was but it was in the compartment with you like you're sitting next to the engine like on either side yeah. of it, right? <laughs> and if it started to smoke or something that would all come yeah. right into the like uh, <laughs> the way you worked on the engine was to open that thing inside the van and like you know okay you could check the oil while you're sitting in the passenger seat all right so like <laughs> this thing was wacky and like the front of it would open and you could see get to like the radiator and things out there but mm -hmm. like mostly the engine you had to work on it inside the van the the thing was broken that thing it actually was more reliable than the Mustang by a, by a lot, but it still had its like issues. And every once in a while it would smoke or whatever, <laughs> you'd be stuck in there with it. The cool mm -hmm. thing about it was, I mean, in the summer it was awful, like, cause it was hot. The engine's yeah. next to you, right? And um, so, and obviously it was built in 63. There's no air conditioning in this thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so we would open the side door on the van and, <laughs> and have all the windows rolled down, right? Yeah. And, um, and so the, we called it the hams bomber. Yeah. <laughs> it was That's a, a good name. Yeah. That's a good nickname um, for a car, you know? So th this thing, like they decorated it and ran it in the parades for like homecoming and all, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Um, and then, um, dad got a, um, a conversion van. I think it was like. Mm -hmm. 86 or 87 or something maybe 87 he got this uh it was a it was like a 78 ford econo line like van that had been like decked out inside it wasn't a cargo van like they had put mm -hmm. they had taken a cargo van because they didn't have you know uh there weren't a lot of passenger vans at that time so like people would take the cargo vans and they would convert them into passenger vehicles by putting like tables and chairs and stuff and beds in them Right, yeah. I know. So, I, I know a van conversion. I yeah, mean, I am so, the era of 
like people I know convert. Vans. Well, people do that now, like, you know, pretty heavily, but like it was a, you know, it just started being a thing like in, in the seventies. So this is one of the earlier like ones that was done that way. Um, and it, it was all orange shag all over the walls and the floor. <laughs> like, that shit so we got this orange van in replacement to the hams beer van. And what happened was dad, sold the hams beer van to this guy for 250 bucks and he and he had a stipulation that he never fucking see it again like ever because he had replaced all sorts of things <laughs> like uh, mm -hmm. he had the same sentiment that my uncle bud did after owning it for like four or five years and what i love about that is he pretty much got his money's worth on that like uh, yeah to make 250 dollars after like five I mean, years on the same make, car like that's spent, nice he spent 400 for the initial cost but in parts probably a couple grand and then yeah, i was gonna say like <laughs> and, uh, the god knows were the what, real cost of that yeah um but then like you know it um it, that that's how he got rid of it so the whole i, I mean i i there was there was one point well that that mustang that john had he would have definitely considered abandoning abandoning it like that thing was always broken <laughs> it had a uh it had a manual transmission in it and the the clutch the clutch was made with plastic parts like mm -hmm. and, and it would break like i mean it, it was some kind of cost saving measure so like a mm -hmm. lot of the parts and pins and things in the clutch were plastic and so after you know they would they would last a few thousand miles and then you'd break them again like break them. easily if if you were just a little bit rough on the clutch it would it mm -hmm. would break because it was <laughs> most of those things should be metal right mm -hmm. um so i think it's kind of weird like the cars that we had when i was growing up it was like you always lease to your cars and it's because of stories like this really well, not like, always. Like, actually i had that. junky cars from time to time yeah i mean the red van was a piece of shit um <laughs> the, the, I had but... a, it was not actually that was one of the best in investments i ever did well, like, yeah, because it, it did what it needed to do. But I feel like the the other side of that was like mom had the CRV for years and years. And the weird thing about that is like I have very diverse memories of that car. Like I remember very distinctly for her. I think it was her birthday one year. Joe gave her an automatic starter to it. Like uh, basically it was an adapter that he installed into the CRV so that you could press the like start button and it would like she specifically yeah, to warm up set the it car. up so it, it would blast the air conditioning on a hot summer day before we got out of the pool like like she'd just start the car from the gate of the pool and let it cool down and then we would be able to like walk out and sit down and without like burning ourselves on the leather seats right and then my other distinct memory of that car was um maybe seven or seven years later uh the air conditioning went out on it and it just so happened to be the same summer that um we were renovating the charlottesville house to sell um so it was like um the house was maybe 30 minutes out of town um less than 30 minutes it was like 20 eight. maybe 15 it was eight miles was so like yeah but she lived in like it's like you have to go 30 miles per hour until you're out of town and then it's 15 <laughs> miles like. yeah, yeah 15 minutes probably yeah yeah so we were heading like aj and i were driving it at that time and so we were heading back and forth in and out of town 
pretty frequently because it was like the car that we used to haul like crap in for like construction projects like that. And we had rented a dumpster to do the full demo day on the house. And it just so happened that the day that we were doing the demo day, it was like, we got there super early, like before sunrise, because it was meant to be like a scorching, like 96 degree day, hundred degree day. AJ and I are wearing, I'm like literally in like the skimpiest, like shittiest, like tank top shorts combo. Cause I'm like, we're going to be hauling all of this garbage, but also it's going to be like the grossest shit I've ever touched in my entire life. Uh, and it was, there was like several dead cats in the basement and like we had to carry out like junky furniture and it was like all that rancid like mildewy smell mm -hmm. um so we had an entire demo day we're hopping back in the car i have to sh like i have to go home and get ready for like a thing with my friends and i'm like there's no fucking way i'm not showering and we sit in the car for maybe three seconds he turns it on and i look at aj and i'm like the AC in this fucker doesn't work, does it? And he goes, no. And I'm like, okay. And I just like immediately started rolling down every single window before we even like took <laughs> off. And then like, I think as I was rolling them down, he goes, actually, you know what? You drive. And I'm like, okay. And I'm going down the the highway. And I just like out of the corner of my eye, I see AJ hanging his head out the window like a fucking dog. Like, just to get the breeze. Like because we're both like melting <laughs> and i was like this is the worst i've ever smelled and he's like yeah i know <laughs> that's why my head's out the window i don't want to smell you yeah he's like i'm smelling you i'm smelling myself i'm hot <laughs> so uh, the, the the i had this 87 chevy celebrity wagon that i bought in like 97 it was right i bought it right around the time you were born Mm -hmm. And it was a absolute piece of trash. We were just dead broke. And um, the the vehicle, I, I think I bought it for $400. And, and that was really cheap. I mean, obviously. But mm -hmm. um, the our other car was like a, um, it, was, it was like a newer car, right? And, mm -hmm. and so it had like, it was nice and all that. But that car was not. And it was the one I, I drove. And, um, I, um, I drove that thing. It, um, it had like a top speed of 64 miles an hour. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like literally if I put it all the way on the floor, like just slammed it to the floor, it would go 64 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. So when I was on the interstate, the speed limit 70, right? So you could get it up if you had the like the right kind of conditions to maybe 66 67 miles an hour <laughs> okay so i have i put it completely on the floor like like i would just i would get out on i-70 literally have it floored the whole way anywhere i was going right mm -hmm. it was like driving a go-kart you know you get in the go-kart and you just put it on the floor like yeah right okay so <laughs> um the thing about you were talking about the air conditioning. Well, the air conditioner didn't work. Like it, it was hopelessly not going to be fixed. Right. And you're not going fast enough to catch a breeze. Really. I mean, and, and it was, it was a station wagon. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, um, and, and I'm, you know, I'm sure you don't remember it because you were like, you know, a baby 
right? <laughs> like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, I, I think don't even got, know what car you're talking about. I right got now. rid of it when I was like, when <laughs> it I was did like, not stick around. So it didn't. It got, I got rid of it in like '98, like late, like late '98 or early '99. Like, so I, I didn't have it that long. Um, but I got it right around the time you were born, and it was. Um, so anyway, I drove this thing. I had to like. Um, you were born in October of 97 and I spent, um, I, I had a, I, I got rid of it in early 99. I remember now because mm -hmm. in the fall of 98, I spent, uh, 10 weeks in Dallas, like for my job. Okay. I, yeah. I've seen pictures from that trip. So. I the, like the choice was uh, for my the company they would fly me there, but then I would have to share a car with four other people, or I could drive down and they would pay the mileage, and I could have my own car. Okay, okay so pay the mileage, yeah. Right. So my car, I have to drive this thing to Texas. Okay. Yeah. From Indiana, from Indianapolis, the Anderson, Indiana is where I lived at the time. So I had to drive from Anderson, all the way to Dallas in this car that can't go more than like 65 miles an hour. Right yeah. now. So I have it on the floor, like the, you know how hard it is to drive with the, on the floor all the way. Like it's like a 12 and a half hour drive or something. I mean, like, <laughs> so I've got it like floored the whole time. Like I'm going through Memphis. I'm going through like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> little rock i've got it floored like by the time we were in little i was in little rock my foot was so tired i just wanted to take a break and there was like a, a, a buffet place it was like brown smorgasbord or something and i remember it because it was like the coolest smorgasbord restaurant i've ever seen i mean it was this giant barn right mm -hmm. and you get out and you go in there and they had like five of those big smorgasbord salad bars, right? You know, where it's all you can eat. There were like five of them lined up beside each other. And one of them was all poultry. It was all different kinds of chicken. Like, and then the next one was all seafood. And there was like five different kinds of fish. There was lobster. There was like, you know, um, crab legs, like the whole thing. And you thought to yourself, oh, I'll be able to rest here. <laughs> and there was, a little, and there, um, and there were like different, literally a beef one. It was all steaks and prime rib and like, five different kinds of steaks. And then like they had the, you know, the sides one and then one that was all desserts. And they were like the length of like a basketball court, each one of them, they were just massive. Okay. And this place was like eight bucks to eat all you wanted in there. Okay. It was, and they could probably, this restaurant was a, it was a giant barn. It could probably seat five or 600 people. Right. Like it was, it was a really big restaurant. Right. Mm -hmm. and I'm pulling in this piece of shit and I go <laughs> and my foot's killing me like my right foot like my ankle's tired because I've had it on the floor for like nine hours right and I go in there and like I'm just like and I'm hungry and I'm like oh my god and I can barely walk on it for like the first 10 minutes because I'm trying to get the blood back in my foot you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm hobbling around in there and I'm like dude and like, <laughs> i was in there for like 90 minutes or two out like a long time because like i ate and then i sat there and i was like i gotta make room because i have to have something <laughs> off the dessert tray you know like <laughs> so anyway that's an aside to the story so i get down into dallas into texas right <laughs> what i discovered yeah. when i get to texas 
is that the speed limit on the country two-lane roads is 70. Not even like the highways. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> the, like the speed limits are much higher in Texas than they were in Indiana. Or well, even because they're, you've got so long to go. Like we drove through Texas, and I remember right. like you were going 120, and I was sleeping in the car. Well, like, that was New Mexico. Yeah. Well, well still. Yeah. When we got to Texas, we uh, well, I, I guess outside of Amarillo, we were going pretty fast too. But I was um, say we were we were going yeah. real fast at Texas. I don't so know what uh, when, when we were coming into Dallas, like the the interstate speed limit was eighty, and my car would only go sixty six miles an hour. Like right, and everybody is like pissed. Like these are, <laughs> you know, they're like, I'm in the right lane. I'm like, I've got it floored. There's nothing else I can do. And cars are just blowing by me. Like, I mean, and I, I mean, some of them I'm sure were actually speeding as well, <laughs> but, but the fact, I mean, they were going, if they were just going the speed limit, they have, they were outpacing me by 15 miles an hour. Right. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they're coming by me. It's like, the horns are, I mean, like every last one, I was like, like the people, kids in the back of the minivan are flipping you off. Like, yeah. <laughs> People in Texas love their horns was my initial reaction. It was my first time driving in Texas. And mm-hmm. I was like, I think people here really like their horns. I was like, you're, you're that- going 20 miles under the speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just clogging up the highway with my old station wagon. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and the, the whole time we were there, like, you know, there'd be different nights where people would want to go out and, you know, that I worked with because it was like a, a group kind of project. And there were like 20 some of us in the in the project. Uh, it was a, a like an, an inaugural thing that they did at the uh, EDS, which is the company I worked for then. And um, so we're all staying in the, like these company condos and they'd be like, you know, hey, let's all go out to dinner or whatever. And they're like, hey, you got a car you can drive. I'm like. Well, I want to give you a couple caveats. First off, we're in Texas and it's 106 degrees and there's no air conditioning in my car. And secondly, it'll only go 65 miles an hour. And they're like, oh, baloney, it'll go faster than that. You're just messing with it. I'm like, okay. I'm with you. But okay. I mean, if you want to drive ride, you, but I'll drive. No problem. But That's a- <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean the station wagon, we could fit like, you know, there were like three rows of seats and such. Right. Mm-hmm. So we could fit like eight people in there, but it was a, uh, it was a, it was an inferno in the back seat of that thing. Cause the windows didn't come down back there. <laughs> I, I can relate to the, the negotiation of carpooling when everybody has a car. I'm because, you know, I drove the truck for a really long time. I remember one of the earliest arguments I ever had with like the group of girls I lived with was during the summers we or one of the breaks we planned on driving down to meet one of our friends in Cincinnati. And we were planning the route. And I was like, well, one of us lives in South Bend. One of us lives in Zionsville. I live in Greenfield. And then we've got Tory in Cincinnati. That's the destination. It was like, here's the order in which we need picked up based on that route. (laughs) And then they were like, you don't even know who's driving. Like, what if you have to drive? Can we, park our cars at your house for two days and i was like there are four of us i drive a truck so we got a few options if you want to sit on a lap for an hour and a half to get down there or hang out in the back in the bed but you got to understand that we will be splitting the cost of gas and my truck i've checked it before it gets 17 miles to the gallon 
So it, it is a truck. I would prefer it if we took someone else's car. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, in fact, I wasn't even offering. I didn't ask. And they were like, you should ask for a ride then. And I was like, no, because I will drive the truck down separately. But that's kind of a dick move, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really need to ask for a ride. I have a ride, but like. Yeah. We're planning this trip together. I assume we're carpooling. <laughs> we can negotiate which car we're all taking, but the four of us take a trip together. I don't need my own car. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that mine is probably not the best option for four of us yeah. since yeah. it only seats three. Um, I'm just skipping ahead to the most convenient step based on the information I know already. <laughs> I already know that my car is not optimal. For this. Yeah, which is also, I, you know, I think about that conversation in my head sometimes and I'm like, yeah, that's the most AJ Shelton conversation I've ever had with friends. <laughs> like, that's very much how he does it like when he has a, has a problem solution conversation with you is like he's already figured out like half of it and he's not going to explain how he got there unless you ask him specifically. Like, uh, uh, we as Shelton's do that a lot. <laughs> I, I, it's actually something that I've, I've worked on as a, as a, a, a an adult is, yeah. um, to sometimes I say something and it, it seems like I'm being really short with someone, but really I've just already solved about half the problem or maybe even three quarters. So we yeah. don't really need to talk through all of that other stuff and they have a hard time catching up because mm -hmm. they really need all of that in between. Right. Yeah. Like, See, yeah. So Sometimes um, I am caught in a in a weird. My brain just like runs away, and in my head, yeah. I've already talked it out. <laughs> yeah, so I think that I get caught in a similar issue, um, professionally, and I guess sometimes socially. But my thing is less. Oh, I think that you've already caught up to where I am, and more. I've already gone through the entire thought process, and I'm presenting it to you without of without all of the garbage solutions um and then usually what happens is someone then goes through the ideas i've already trashed with me one by one and they're like why haven't i seen this version or this version and this version and i'm like the simple answer is well that way it doesn't work <laughs> and i didn't want to go through all of the ways it doesn't work because i've already found one that works so i figured i'd hand that one to you first uh, and then we have an entire 15 to 20 minute conversation where i justify each of the ways it doesn't work uh, and sometimes i send three versions that look bad because like i already did this like, like it's like a math class when they're like show your work you know that's that's the problem yes. i have is like I, I i try to say it in a way that's like here is the way that works, and I want you to know that this is the true blue awesome solution that it is. And then they say, "Okay, well, how did you get there?" And I'm like, oh, "PEMDIS. I used PEMDIS. Like, please." <laughs> like, so yeah. sometimes people make. Um, I, I've actually had this happen to me where one of the things I know isn't going to work becomes the decision, even though oh, I've said. Yeah it won't work and why it won't mm -hmm. work and all the reasons it won't work and all the things yeah, about it that, that are bad. And, Luckily, then, um, and then we're stuck with living with it for a while. And, yeah. and then as they start to find all the things that I said would go wrong that are going wrong, um, and, and it's like, well, you're not, you're not helping. I'm like, I already tried to help. I actually have the solution. We could throw this out and not do it this way and just do it this whole other way and it'll work. 
<laughs> I know that you've already gone down this path of spending a lot of time on this, but it, it, it will never work because it has these mm -hmm. fatal flaws that I already told you about. Yeah. We have to do it this way, right? So I, I, I feel like um, I, I do, but also my, the, when I deal with the same problem, um, the, it's not dire um, because really a logo is a logo is a logo is a logo. And as long as they have your, like, as long as they have your information, like a logo is not going to make or break your company. Even if your website looks bad, like even if I know in my heart, I'm like, that looks bad. It could look better. I had a better one in my drafts. You told me to throw it out because you didn't like it. So a lot of the time, I don't really ever have the gratification of being right. I just have to suffer the consequences of someone not like recognizing my rightness. Like, <laughs> so, um, like, like for example, I, I feel like I told you this, like maybe I, I'm, I'm, I'm also, very, you know, another thing about that is that I'm also very quickly to cut and run on something after if, if like, let's say, Oh, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. I think I'm right. And then I do it. And it's it, like the second it starts to go off the rails, I'm like, you know what? Trash. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm completely, I'm like, All right. yep, I was wrong. I screwed the pooch. Let's just throw it away. Sure. I'm like, yeah. I'm totally a cut, cut bait and run type of person. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to dwell on the broken, you know? Yeah. So I, I feel like I've told you a similar situation where there, there's a client I have through work who shall not be named who I went through five different rounds of edits on a logo for them um and i knew maybe through version two that it wasn't gonna um work out in a way that either of us were going to be happy because um her criticism clearly told me that she just didn't like anything that i'm handing to her and she really just doesn't want me to be designing her logo but uh <laughs> she can't like for whatever reason isn't gonna say hey i don't like uh -oh. any of these i'm not gonna i'm gonna just stick with what i've got i'm so sorry to waste your time so I know this to be true. Uh, and we go through so many different iterations of it just to get a logo for a business card and then her website and that's it. And eventually she had me like doing another asset for her. Um, she asked me to format her email, email signature, which um, if you've ever seen an email signature, it's literally you just type out what information you want, but here nor there. Um, and hey, if they want to pay me, I'll do that. And, and during that and during that conversation, she says, oh, and don't use the new logo. I think I'm going to just stick with the old one. And I was like, I could have told you in January that you were going to stick with the old one. <laughs> I was like, there's no point in me designing anything for you. You're going to use the old one. I know that you were telling you were signaling to me the entire time that no matter how good of a logo I handed to you, you were going to use your old one. You didn't it, really not like it enough and you didn't like anything I was handing to you. Yeah. And I, I can move the letters around as much as you want, but if you don't want the logo I have to give you, there's no point in me making more. <laughs> like... <laughs> well, you know, that's the, um, you know, uh, the, uh, it's just a personality type, right? Like yeah. some people, they want, they have to see everything else to know that they liked the thing they already have. Yeah. You know, and it's like, mm. and, and that's not even like a, a dig on you or, or anything. No. It's just, 
in it's fact like, when she said it i was like i don't even take that personally i think that that's a you problem <laughs> <laughs> you you actually liked it to begin with and you, yeah. you know um you know uh, uh, the, the um that that's that's kind of a, a thing as well it's like tough to come up with your own logos and stuff all the time like you know you want something that's just fabulous and you have in your mind that there could be something really incredible and then you see what it is and you're like hmm <laughs> you know wow this is really just a thing that i put on a business card like yeah yeah i'm not sometimes blown away by anything that i've done here like yeah you know i i think that sometimes that is um you know you know like we call this podcast family rabble so we're rabbling on it fits mm -hmm. is it the best marketing thing probably not you know like yeah. <laughs> if i if i if i'm if i'm being honest right um if i'm looking for a, a really marketable podcast name you know, um, then, you know, you might have to like throw out all of your preconceived notions and, and dig into something that's like researched to be that right. Well, As opposed so honestly, to, you know, just coming up with something, you know? Well, and honestly, I feel like what we did was we kind of like, we knew we wanted to just be like two people who are related talking and like, that's what this podcast is. And that like, because really we're just recording like our catch up. And so I think that it's like, we already knew what our product was and it's not a marketable product really. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this was not designed to be I mean, an audience grabbing, like building podcast. It's a very niche, niche thing. It's something that someone might like if they just like, like hearing blather. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, and the, and it's little like, it's like a car companion, which is like most podcasts. Totally, this is a right? car companion podcast. Like I can't imagine. Yeah, but like uh, it's up. not necessarily <laughs> like as concept driven as say like I listen to a po podcast called Normal Gossip mm -hmm. and uh, I love that podcast. It's very well produced. Um, it's also heavily researched. They only do 10 episodes in a season. And the reason for that is like they're doing what we're doing. They're just like chatting but they do it in a very like formatted and intentional way. They I'm like, guessing they probably have a topic every time too. We don't, uh, yeah. I mean, our, our only ongoing topic is that we're watching the Gilmore girls. Yeah. And you, you know, <laughs> how many episodes did you watch this week? Two. Okay. I did good. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's like, and I'm way ahead on my episodes um, to yeah. the point where I think I'm on a different season. So you, you might be way ahead of me. I mean, the, the problem is that like, it's, it's been a busy time, but I got well, to, I know I did. I, I, I'm positive of it. Yeah. Well, and I, so, you know, I haven't watched an episode of Gilmore Girls in like three, four weeks. Well, you see, you got yourself Longer. ahead of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had a few days where I just like watched it <laughs> like for a few days because um, I was behind and then I caught up and then I was like, damn, I'm, you know, I'm having a little Gilmore Girls wash session right now. So, right. Yeah. Um, I hear you. But also that show reminds me of like the holidays, you know, uh huh. like, um, oh, I, I, you know, this is another thing. Like there are certain things that remind me of like family holidays and they are not like necessarily what i would consider to be like normal like oh it's a family gathering like it's not oh we're eating turkey and that reminds me of thanksgiving it's like um i think of gilmore girls and i'm like oh that reminds me of the holidays 
when I am in a house that is very nicely, like, so I went to a bed and breakfast a few weeks ago. It was the first bed and breakfast I ever gone to. And the host was like, no, it isn't. Setting... Well, it's the first <laughs> one I distinctly remember. And I'm like, this is a bed and breakfast. <laughs> this is a like... bed and breakfast. <laughs> you, you stayed in many of those. Well, so it was like, I was in this bed and breakfast and the host who lives there full time was setting up rooms ahead of like the arrivals that night and the entire house was immaculate and it smelled like cleaning and it like she was like oh here are the snacks and she's like making me a sandwich in the middle of her cleaning and then she's chit-chatting with me at the kitchen counter and i was like this feels like the holidays like <laughs> i feel like it's it's like the week of christmas right now like i know it's late march but in my body, I'm like, this is what the holidays feel like. Like <laughs> I've arrived to the family dinner early. Like that's what's going on. Um, and so you felt like, you know, when you show up at the the house, they're just offering you food, and there's like a, a nice room to yeah. stay in, and there's a yeah. Comfy here's couch. the charcuterie. Here's where to set down your bag. <laughs> like. I'm going to go make a bed. And then you say, oh, can I help you with anything? And they go, no, no, absolutely not. Just kick back your feet and relax. Like, I was like, are you my aunt? Are we related? I know you're from Northern Ireland, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah. So, and then um, the other one was yesterday morning. I was like out. I, I picked up a few things. Um, I'm making a dress for Shara's wedding um, so that it, fits right and looks nice and i was picking up fabric for that and i uh also picked up donuts from this uh donut shop like they they're the people who like provide donuts at the coffee shops that i usually go to and they just opened an actual storefront that happened to be beside the fabric store so i like stopped there and i got like four donuts in a box and I like took it back to my house and set it on the counter. And then I like took the first bite and I was like, it feels like it's my birthday. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's like, it feels like I'm 12 and it's my birthday. And I've woken up to a dozen donuts. <laughs> I don't know if I don't remember buying donuts for your birthday, but it, I mean, it might have. It was like a staple. It was like we would do a dozen donuts whenever there was like a bunch of kids over, you know? Oh, yeah, because so it, it was easy breakfast. Yeah, yeah, you do it as an easy breakfast. So we did it for like a few birthday parties, especially yeah. like AJ's birthday. It was like we'd have Papa John's the night before. You'd get yeah. like too well, much Papa John's. They were there, there wasn't too much Papa John's for those boys. Like well, that, that see, was impossible. It was like you would hide the last pizza and then it would go into the fridge. And then the next morning we would have like donuts from the sweet shop and Papa John, like cold Papa John's pizza. Well, we would also generally buy like um, a bunch of like little Debbie's because they yeah. would eat through that stuff and Oreos and stuff. Yeah. And, and they would like, you know, and, and like massive amounts of potato chips. Like, yeah, like I, an I don't insane even know. We like, get like four family bags, and then none yeah. of them would be around the house later. Yeah, the the and you know it's like uh, especially when they got to be, the you know, twelve or older. Yeah, like ar ar around teenage, that they were just machines, man. We that they that we would get. You know, there's like probably six, seven kids there, 
and there would be 10 or 12 large like i would get the extra large papa john's pizzas right yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they would just devour all of them like all of them yeah well and honestly it's like i remember like growing up with those guys because they would be it would be the same five guys every year at my brother's birthday party <laughs> like yeah they would be playing basketball with my brother in the driveway over the summer so like yeah like that's that's a weirdly like and we would have a madden tournament every yeah year. as much as i have like oh also so during the madden tournament like luckily all of it would be going on and like the i think den twice we had you play in the madden tournament because we needed an extra player yeah it was a bye week and you would like get just crushed because yeah a I don't not into football b pretty terrible at like dexterous video yeah games. i don't have a I, especially when i was a kid i had really bad hand-eye coordination um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> And and like video games were really hard for me because like I just didn't have the like dexterity. You always did the you always did the video games that had like uh, puzzles and things going on in them, like Animal yeah, Crossing. Because um, I'm better at that. Like, and honestly, yeah. if we were playing a puzzle tournament, um, I'd kick AJ's friends' asses. Like, I think that the top contenders. I don't know. You'd struggle like... with Joe Ward. That yeah, Joe really would kick my at, ass. Yeah, um, I think really Harrison would probably be a pretty like. And AJ. And AJ, AJ would dominate. Um, but Joe, I think Joe that, like, was I think... really good at puzzles, like and, yeah. and, and all kinds of like because he, he, he's very mathematical. Well, he has an engineer brain. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, he's always been really, really smart. Uh, uh, he still is. Yeah. yeah. To this day, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, good for him. Um, so yeah, I and I think that that stats. I, I, I mean, really, with Madden, I just. I, I I was giving up the second I started playing, um, but also it was fun to watch you play. Parties, though. <laughs> I remember one of those birthday parties. I uh, at AJ's birthday party, I watched Spirited Away for the first time one year. Um, so that was a great moment for me. And then another year, you were taking uh, over a different time. TV somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, well, I have two hours to kill. Uh, and I'm unsupervised, so I'm going to just watch whatever I want to watch. It's a rarity <laughs> for me. Um, and then the other one I saw for the first time was Zombieland. First time I ever watched oh. Zombieland was during one of AJ's birthday parties. That's a fantastic film. I love watching yeah. that one. Yeah. I also remember, um, and this this is going back to the puzzles thing. Part of the reason we didn't play puzzles, um, we found out pretty later on. I think it was like his 16th or 17th birthday. Um, all the boys were over. And they were like, oh, well, let's play Cards Against Humanity. And uh, I made Travis and cry. I think I was probably 18th birthday. Well, I remember one of the car like I, I <laughs> it was like I played a really good like combo and AJ picked mine because it was really funny. It was like maybe Joe Ward Harrison and AJ laughed really hard at it. And then they gave me the card and Trevison was like, that doesn't even mean anything. I don't even know what it means. And I was like, well, if you were literate, you'd know. And oh. he just, it like devastated him. <laughs> it was That's like, mean. I know. I was very mean. I was 14 was at the time. I had all the spite like condensed I in my body. I think you were 16. But yes. Well. Because I don't was, think that, I, I was, uh, that game didn't come out until about then. That's why. Yeah. Well, I remember specifically at one point, <laughs> I like looked at him. I was like, oh, no. I was like, I made you really like upset. Like, I was just being a bitch. Like, that's my bad, man. Like, 
<laughs> let's play guitar hero over it like i'm really sorry <laughs> i had to actually fully uh, that, that would be a good place to that. get crushed by jason wyrick yeah no uh, yeah seriously the, yeah the the guitar hero like that yeah the, speaking the, of jason the, wyrick the, by the, the way, first year we had um, that he he was really good and then aj like decided he wasn't going to win the next year <laughs> <laughs> and then we didn't play guitar hero anymore <laughs> he, like he figured out like you know he, he played the snot out of it man and figured it out i think we did yeah. rock band like once <laughs> yeah i mean you know we had we had all of them actually i still have um i still have rock band four on the playstation yeah and and i have the like the old guitar hero ones on the wii um, so speaking of jason weirich i was thinking of him yesterday because i was going through like uh, there are a few vintage markets around here. And I was like, oh, let me see what kind of like thrifting I can do. Um, and it hasn't really worked out for me in the past. And yesterday I kind of like unlocked the secret as to why. Uh, because I was in this um, vintage clothing store. And the racks were populated with like, um, it was like clearly marketed towards like men who are into like Y2K fashion. So it was like, a bunch of jerseys, a bunch of like Supreme t-shirts. And then the racks in the middle, um, mostly were labeled American vintage, uh, which meant that they were selling like basically the clothing out of your closet, like, like, like those giant totes that we would go through every time we move and get rid of things. It was like yard sale finds in the middle racks. And they were for like 50 fucking dollars. Like one of them was a Louisville Cardinals crew neck that they were selling for 55 pounds, which is well, the equivalent of like $65. Dude, new ones are like that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have somebody who literally works, worked like went to school there i was like i bet jason's closet is full of shirts that would cost 65 dollars in this thrift store like what the <laughs> fuck well jason um is back he's coaching the uh, louisville central baseball team yeah uh, yeah so like yeah they won their first game this week so yay ra it's congrats jason and your team congrats jason yeah so yeah he's coaching baseball and uh, of course teaching so you know yeah. well i mean that kind of is fitting for him i feel like that's like he really has um i don't know how to put this in a non like therapy speaky way but like um of all of the people i know he is truly top 10 most self-actualized people i know wow. <laughs> like, he, he's really like gone down the life path you would think would be like great for him like you know yeah he, he's um he was also the um um pa announcer for austin p university basketball yeah um he really wants to do that uh at the bigger level he was he was in the top five to be the pa announcer for the tennessee titans yeah. football team and yeah. uh didn't get the final job but he was he was fabulous on the tryout they like they publicly showed like the five finalists and the tryouts and all that stuff the guy yeah. that got it was like he's like a national radio broadcaster so yeah well and i'm sure that like yeah. that's the kind of thing mm -hmm. like if that's the dream goal it's weird how sometimes you have to go through like a different industry in order to get there but yeah 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 so like he's he's uh you know someday i, I hope he gets to be the pacers pa announcer because i think that's his biggest goal yeah. um 
is to and be I think he could get patients. there. I mean, who is it I think right he could now? do it right now. He's better than the guy that's there. I know. <laughs> I, I'll say this like straight out loud. Indiana Pacers, go get Jason Wyrick to be your PA announcer. You absolutely will not regret it. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> going to be more enthusiastic about that job. There is not a possibility of anybody being even close to more enthusiastic or good at it. Yeah. So, so. You, he, he's the guy that you pick and he'll be there for the next 30 years. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of what they look for in a voice like that. Yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah. And so good at it, like completely and utterly uh, all in <laughs> on every front. I think he was doing that back in high school too. Like he was like, yeah, he was at Greenfield teams. central. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's, uh, um, he, he, he's not only good at it, but like the Pacers are his team. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, I mean, so when AJ was here, um, he, like, I think when I first moved here, Jason was like, Hey, I, it's no big deal if not but could you please get me a team scarf and i was like yeah and then i forgot and then aj was here and aj's actually you know close friends with jason hangs out with jason talks to jason on a regular basis and i was like oh yeah he did ask me to do that like six months ago and i didn't and so we like aj brought him back uh i think it was rangers i think he went with a rangers scarf mm. or something but you um it, it, you know you could uh get a um um like any of the english soccer teams like dude loves uh football football yeah <laughs> um yeah well i think that the reason we went with rangers was well it might have honestly been so there are three glasgow teams really um uh, and i'm gonna get this wrong because i'm i do not <laughs> i do not like at one point i need to just deep dive and figure out football especially since I, I watched Ted Lasso. And so like, I feel uh, like I could actually enjoy knowing a little bit about this. Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. <laughs> so good. So good. We're doing the little moi hand. <laughs> like, yeah. We're doing the Italian talking hand. And we're not even Italian in any way. No, it's yeah. just, it's, it's, it's like a good it pasta. Just um, it just fits. Um, but so, um, but there's the national team, Scottish national team. Um, and I believe their colors are blue and white, which ah. would make sense. Cause that's the flag. Um, and then there's the Celtic, um, and they're green and white. Um, and then there's the Rangers and the Celtic and the Rangers are cross town, like rivals basically. Um, so they play a few like in town games and, for the past few weeks there have been like i think it was last weekend we had a celtic rangers game and i was picking up um junk food from the chippy below my my house it's like it, it's like uh it's like a fried food shop <laughs> like like it's literally like they just have yellowed sign and like menu signs with a whole bunch of different like what would you like for us to fry for you um, and it's like primarily people get like fish and chips, but they also have like potato fritters and like uh, pork loin and you can get fried pizza there. And so I was in there getting like fries and um, this guy walks in and he goes, he he like is asking if he can get a like fried hamburger 
And the lady behind the counter is like, well, that one is for her order because I was getting like this munchie box. And he's like, okay, what from this case can I get right away? And she's like, you can get pretty much anything in this case. And he goes, well, is she going to have all three of those hamburgers? And she goes, no, but she's going to have one of them and there are only three. So like, just so you know, you can only order two. You can't have three. And he orders. And then I go, well, I like how you thought like I ordered everything in the case. Like you thought I was going to walk away from here with like four pork sausages, three hamburgers, two like entire cuts of fish. And like, just throw that all in a box. Give me like five potato fritters, three orders of fries. Like, that's good. Thank you. <laughs> and he, he, he goes, are you an American? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, are there chippies in America? And I was like, no, buddy. No. And I, like, it took me a little while and I was like, oh, this guy's drunk. Like, he's coming from one of the bars. He was watching the game. Like, I, and what finally tipped it off for me was I was wearing a green and white striped shirt. And he goes, what's your sport? And I was like, I don't, well, I guess, like, the one I know the most about is golf. And he goes, <laughs> oh. And he, like, kind of, like, turns up his nose. And then he goes, there's a lot of golf courses around here, though. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah the sport was invented here buddy <laughs> <laughs> yes you're in the home of golf like yeah he was just in, he was so football coded that any other answer was like absolutely not <laughs> fuck you for saying that <laughs> well you know golf even in the home of golf is like outside the main sports right like yeah. you know yeah. you know the uh you know i obviously um I'm, I'm guessing that football and cricket are probably the biggest in england i don't know about cricket as much but i think so right um <laughs> i think rugby is big rugby here. rugby is and big yeah um and then i think that recreationally people play a lot of tennis but well, I, I mean, yeah, people play a lot of golf and tennis everywhere, right? But it's like, uh, as far as like the, you know, most the biggest spectator kind of things. Yeah. Spectator yeah. sports, it's football hand down, hands down. Um, I think hockey actually has a moment here as well. Football, cricket is the second most popular. I'm looking on their like like stat block thing. Yeah, rugby is third golf fourth okay so that makes okay. sense right yeah. so um <laughs> like um as i as i google like there's a couple different things here who rank them that's that's, that's the, like yeah. the moving top four. like football yeah. cricket rugby golf like on on five of them here that i've seen <laughs> so that, so that, that makes, makes sense, sense. Yeah. okay um but in the united states it would be you know football but not soccer like actual yeah. American football. football is number one across the board. Football, basketball, baseball, and then everything else. Like, <laughs> like, and actually, probably the most attended spectator sport is racing. Probably yeah. even bigger than football. Like, yeah, I would say um, I, in terms of people actually all day kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, well, and people actually going to the events. I would say racing probably has bigger i mean it does the indianapolis 500 is a bigger sporting event than any other sporting event on the planet yeah um but um 
but you know other races maybe but but there's a lot of them so i mean <laughs> like um with between nascar and indycar and then like all of these races that happen all over the place right so there's and those all have pretty good sizable crowds for people to watch cars race um relocate for a charger real quick um so not to make you vamp but i also wanted to mention that i i have watched talladega nights again recently as well ah. um and <laughs> which will make you know ev said, everyone like, in the uk will then like think racing is a joke <laughs> but 100 percent. i i yeah. feel like I, that has to be true but like the other thing about talladega nights is like you you've said to me before like every time you rewatch that movie you like hear a line for the first time yeah and this see time it was like the, the scene with the um the teacher on career day and he's being thrown out of the school <laughs> and he goes jerry we were cellmates you're gonna pay for this <laughs> like, to the school security guard <laughs> Well, um, I mean, he did say all sorts of things in there, you know, that were. <laughs> I'll be right back. All right. Bailey runs for a charger. This is the exciting part of the podcast where I'd like to mention that, you know, in the UK, they have different power sources, apparently, and they have to have special adapters to use American plugs in the UK. So if you ever go to the UK, remember the power is different. So part of the problem is also that my uh, laptop is getting kind of old, and the battery does not last that long. <laughs> and also, there are no. Um, so I was sitting at my kitchen table, uh, and there's no outlets on that corner of the kitchen. So the only outlet that I can plug my laptop into is. Uh, at the counter beside the boiler for the hot water. Well, fair enough. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I took us on an aside about the differences in electrical systems between the U S and the UK. It was yeah. not exciting. So, well, so uh, you like, know, you know, I also have a plug adapter for Europe. Um, which is even different than the UK, Yeah, which is even different. Yeah. Um, um which is nice. You know, it's good to have options. Well, and now I have a few things that uh, use the UK outlet, like my phone charger is a UK plug. Mm -hmm. And then um, I recently got a little camcorder on eBay for my cousin's wedding because I'm going to be doing like home video for it. And the camcorder has a charging cable that is the UK plug. And then they sent with it an adapter for europe like like the original camera came with two plugs one for the uk and one for europe so now you're going to need to get a u.s adapter when you i know <laughs> it's like that's really kind of annoying <laughs> like, <laughs> like i'm gonna have adapters for both directions i'm gonna be like loaded down with them i mean you're gonna feel like i did when i got my uh when i got the first time that a macbook didn't have any plugs on it except usb-c yeah which, well, I know. have a multi-pack of the little um, USB-C to USB adapters. Um, <laughs> right. But really the annoying one is uh, I have to have like a multi-input dongle for SD cards and HDMI cables and stuff. So, Yeah, well, that's like one of the things that I love about... I got a, a, a new MacBook Pro 
and they finally con con conceded and put the fucking HDMI and the SD card reader back in the thing. Like, oh my come God. on. <laughs> nice. That's what that, you know what, when you were talking about getting a new laptop, I was like, that's a reason alone. <laughs> like totally like, yeah, that's worth but, it. Like to but, have an SD card reader again. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's not that big a deal if I'm going to have to plug in a, an adapter. Just, you just like, I have a multi adapter for the for the USB-C to like you know it's got regular USB plugs uh HDMI and a SD card in it <laughs> like yeah. cuz it's just like dude not all devices switch to USB-C even like and it's been like 7 years and they still the USB yeah. regular the regular USB-A I still need one of those plugs it would yeah. be nice if you would go ahead and add that back in Secondly, so, if anyone at Apple is listening, put the fucking headphone jack back in the goddamn phone, you idiots. Thank you. So, <laughs> four <laughs> listeners working for Apple. Oh, my God. Put the fucking headphone jack back on the iPads and the iPhones. It's stupid. Still so, stupid. It was stupid when you did it. It's dumber than fuck to keep doing it. Stop. So, <laughs> when I was working at the Digital Core, which is... Um, the office I worked in in college, it, it's basically like an on-campus marketing agency. Uh, so we did internal design and communications for Ball State, but we also did it for like external clients. And basically that's what I did for two years in college. And it's cool to have that marketing experience under my belt when I graduated. Uh, if you go to Ball State right now, this is a plug. They do hire every semester and you should be doing it. But um, besides <laughs> nice. that... It's an all Mac office. And so they like provided me, like they issued me a laptop when I worked there uh, so that I could be running like four different Adobe products off of that computer at one time. And then they also, it was like, I had to go into their basement, like storage room every time we were like importing or exporting photos um, because there was like just an entire drawer full of different adapters but they were so precious of items that it was like they were all cataloged and there was like a check-in process for the dongles because they were like, if you take them out of this room, it will be very easy to lose them. And then we're going to have to buy more <laughs> like, and we have to do it at a certain time of year because of budget. So don't take them out of the room. Just bring the SD card into the room, <laughs> transfer the files, and then put it back in the drawer. <laughs> or buy your own stinking adapter. Yeah, but I mean, we were all college students, and there was an hourly cap on our our um, ability to work in campus offices. So, except in the summers, in the summers it was a lot more chill because you could work forty hours weeks. It's very nice. Uh, yeah. So, let's uh, let's digress into the, the Gilmore Girls. I've got two episodes that we okay. can talk Which about. Two? Episode 16 of season four, which is the reigning Lorelei. I, um, I'm realizing where we're getting, and I was like, this is really the spiciest part of this, like, season is coming upon us. It, I, I, this is, the, these two episodes are very kind of fun. Like, yeah. and, and, you know. Well, it's not, and it is. It's like fun because it's very not fun. Well, there's not fun stuff, but there is fun stuff all mixed in, yeah. right? <laughs> so, um, at the start of the Raining Lorelei, they're having escargot for dinner, um, yeah. and Emily's friend Sweetie has died. Yes. Um, 
sweetie. <laughs> so Lorelai uh, is not eating the escargot because it's snails and she's just not into that. Uh, yeah. No matter how they're prepared. <laughs> um, and uh, she, uh, so she has plenty of time to chat and sweetie's died. She asked her, Oh, why was she named sweetie? She doesn't like want to tell the story of why she's named sweetie. Like <laughs> the back and forth over that is hilarious. And then Emily just makes up this bullshit long story. <laughs> Woman, she was very small. <laughs> yeah. She goes off on like a two minute tangent of nonsense that you know isn't true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, Richard refuses to go. Doesn't. Oh, do I have to go? I have a business meeting. No, Richard, you don't have to go. Like, you know, he wouldn't go to the her friend's funeral with her, basically. Which comes back to haunt a little later. Well. Um, Honestly, <laughs> it is kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, um, you have a business meeting, so you're not going to come with me to a funeral? We are married. Like, <laughs> right. Well, and so we have a lot of, um, you know, the the cutaway in this. Uh, the, there's like a couple of little threads that are going on, and there's really over the next two episodes, and it's really like a, a hit underneath story, which is about Luke and Nicole, right? Yeah. Um, they, they like do a great job of barely touching it. Like they're just, they're bringing it in, but very subtly. Right. Yeah. Um, and Kirk is in the diner and Luke is not paying attention to the food. So it's a little off. <laughs> he's like, so, uh, Lane serves him up eggs and he's like, were these eggs cooked in the fish pan? <laughs> they have a fish flavor. They have a fish flavor. These are fishy eggs. Yes. Yeah. And then. And she's going, you're paranoid, Kirk. They were not. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right. And then she goes into the kitchen for two seconds. She comes back out. She has new eggs. <laughs> she hands it to him. She takes the other one. She goes, they were cooked in the fish pan. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> He, him and Lorelai are looking out the window of the diner because Luke and Nicole are fighting in the park out the window. Mm -hmm. And, and, the, and the, the reason I mentioned this is not just because of that, and it's going to come up later, but because Kirk says he can read their lips and he starts <laughs> narrating what they're arguing about. But his narration is of something that it makes no sense whatsoever. Like, because it's, he can't actually read lips. He's guessing what they're saying, but he's not even really guessing, you know, like <laughs> part of like lip reading is that you usually have a little bit of context to go off of. Right. Mm -hmm. so like body language would say they're probably having an argument. <laughs> An argument is probably about something that usually is an argument. Right. But Kirk, does not use that at all in his process. Uh, he's also not good at reading body language anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Um, the, we get back to the school uh, a little bit and Rory is being accused of plagiarizing. Doyle is freaking out at her. Um, mm -hmm. And, and the plagiarism line is like not <laughs> it. You know, it, 
that reminds me of is like AJ got yelled at for plagiarizing once because the school has like that program that like scans the document for like common phrases, right? Yeah. And his his phrase, like the phrase that the plagiarism thing pinged was a common knowledge sports statistic that just so happened to be the same sentence as on Wikipedia. And the sentence was something like, in 1993, the Colts won three of their 16 games of like something like that. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I remember the argument. Like, I remember you talking about it in the car. And I remember him being like, you rephrase that four different ways. Like, like go ahead. <laughs> Tell me how you say that information differently. <laughs> I mean, the thing was literally like, like the things that they said were, it was like actual game, like, stats <laughs> and i was like how of course he plagiarized that everybody would they beat him 53 to 12 what the hell how else would you say it like yeah. what, what, what what like the, that it's ridiculous the software flags something that's just like ridiculous it's not yeah. like you know i'm like okay like the rest of it is this analysis of this stuff right mm -hmm. like that's the part that he wrote like the fact that he pulled a fact and said it the same way some Wikipedia article would, which is the only freaking way to say it is stupid. Like this isn't yep. plagiarism. He, you know, he pulled facts from the internet, of course, because he was using it to research things. There's no other way to state a fact that's so statistical. Common knowledge, yeah. Right, like, so, uh, like yeah. So Rory is having a similar moment with her editor at yeah. Yale. Yeah. Doyle is accusing her of plagiarism on something that cannot be rephrased. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they're just like, at the very least, it's cliche, you know, like, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just got to roll her eyes. And then he, he, he steps away and he peeks back in and says, herd mentality. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you know um so that was funny so and then what comes of this i believe is that the kid sitting next to him next to rory looks at her and goes finally it's your turn you know it's well, your it's, your, it's time. your turn it's your time to be the one picked on well, and and the thing is, we're the, the the thing is we're being set up for the next episode with that just that piece, because yeah. that's the kid that drives them right later. Yeah. Like so, <laughs> and you know, um, he's uh, his name's what I can't remember his name right now. I don't know why. It's it's not very relevant. He's well, just I a mean, dweeb. Yeah, he's a dweeby kid, and and he plays dweeby kid pretty much throughout, right? Yeah. Like his um, role is the dweeb. Right. Well, and, and, you know, to like show how, you, you you know, Rory and Paris are a little bit geeky, but this dude's, <laughs> it's like the different degrees of, you know, what, what they're showing a lot of in, in really the, in the, with them in the next episode, you know, which is they go on spring break. Right. But what they're showing there are the different like clicks of people. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're getting to see a window into a whole bunch of different clicks of people. <laughs> like there are yeah. different spec, uh, like I like to say, um, 
if you know me, there are certain times where I am the most dorky and nerdiest person in the group. And then there are times that I am like the far out there bad boy, like black sheep of the group. <laughs> like my high school friends are now like half of them are drag queens. Some of them live in LA, like um, all of them like do more than I would ever do when it comes to like party culture. And there have been times where I've been at a bar at 3 a.m. and I just look at my friends from high school and I'm like, man, it's good that you're happy birthday. I'm going home. <laughs> like, I understand that your plan is to get be here until sunrise. I wanted to be in bed three hours ago. And the fact that I'm still here is a miracle uh, fueled by my love for you. So I will be leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> And then, you know, I would have probably left well before that. So I understand. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's all a matter of perspective, right? Because for them, they're like, oh, Bailey's kind of a square. <laughs> Bailey's not going to do the things. <laughs> Bailey's not here to party all night. Bailey has a bedtime and she will be respecting that bedtime. I'm sure I come across that way because like I'm, but, when I'm done, I'm just done. Like, <laughs> but like sometimes I'm like talking about Dungeons and Dragons or I'm like, hanging out with some of my nerd friends and then i'll say something about like a time i had with one of my like friends from back home and there will just be this like dip in the conversation between me and the nerds like i i used to work with a whole bunch of devs and my my old dungeons and dragons group was like where they are now is like four of them work for like high-end tech companies and software agencies three of them are married pretty much all of them are home homeowners. I think one of them is expecting their second kid right now. Like they were not the party crowd. They never will be. And when I played Dungeons and Dragons with them, I'd be like, we'd be like pretending to be wizards. And then I would say something about my like friends from back home. And then they would all like gloss over for a second because like what I was saying to them, like did not uh, compute as a thing. Like, like I basically just like it was as if I had looked at them and said, you know, we all do crack cocaine from time to time. <laughs> they just like, could not. Which we don't. <laughs> no. Like ever. They, they were like, no, we don't. We don't know how it is when you're at the bar past the time you want to be there. Like <laughs> we would have left at ten thirty. I think. You know, Michelle is definitely not past the bedtime. He yeah. was, <laughs> he's at Suki's watching the dog show on TV. He's trying to get it to record so that they yeah. can have their meeting. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and he can't get enough of the dog show. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then Emily calls and says that, you know, Gran has died. Gran Lorelai, the first. Yeah. has uh, passed away and Richard's a mess and he wants turtleneck soup which is really mock turtle soup so yeah, he's like he I've never heard the name of it because he is stricken with grief <laughs> right and Lorelai said there was Suki uh, and she's like he wants turtleneck soup she's like I've never heard of turtleneck soup but mock turtle soup oh that's it mock turtle soup <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so Suki makes the mock turtle soup Lorelai brings it over. Richard couldn't give a shit about the soup. He's crying. <laughs> Richard is inconsolable for two reasons. One, 
His mother just passed, and he was really close with his mother. Two, the last conversation he had with his mother was an argument. That we saw on the previous episode. Yeah. In the last episode about respect. Right. Because she was not a respectful person ever. No, Um, she wasn't. And Richard saw it for the first time ever. And that is his last memory of his mother. (laughs) Yeah. So he's having a bad time. Yeah. On his 10th birthday, she told him life is a battle. You either enter it armed or surrender immediately. (laughs) I was like, damn. And that's (laughs) a happy memory from her. On his 10th birthday. Like, I was like, hmm. That, that really illuminates a lot of his emotional um, you know, stability, doesn't it? That, that took me straight into Ted Lasso, which yeah. was, you know, my favorite quote from Ted Lasso. I love meeting people's mothers. It gives me a, it gives a me a personal insight into why they're so fucked up. Yeah. He said, no, he said something like, uh, it gives me a roadmap into why they're nuts. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that really is just that sentence is like, oh yeah, that's why. <laughs> I love meeting people's moms. It gives me a roadmap into why they're nuts. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. <laughs> uh, so the, he's the, having the, a, oh, as day. he's having the panic attack of this, um, <laughs> Laura says <laughs> um, that she will help um, sort through Grand's house the next day with with Emily. Yeah. Okay. And she, and so Lorelai, yeah, she offers to help. She offers to help, and she even says to her mom, like, I will be bringing Danishes. I'll be right. bringing two Danishes. Yeah. Which, um, honestly, the entirety of this episode of, like, her helping her parents um, deal with their parents' death uh, very much reminded me of, like, doing the same thing with mom and you recently. Well, like this. So yes, I, I understand. I love this thing though that like where she calls up Rory, yeah, and she says, you know what's going on, and she's like, I, you know, I don't know how to feel. Like I was just getting to know her, you know, mm-hmm. and she's like, what if I can't cry at the funeral? <laughs> she says, well, at least maybe you can work yourself up into a good panic attack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that might have to do. That might have to do. Well, and so what kind of happens through this is that Lorelai asks. Which made me Rory, think like, of you, hey, honestly. Like you know, because yeah. you know, anxiety is usually your bigger problem than like inconsolable yeah. well, grief. I think I, you know, it, it, I think I had a trouble like crying at Megan's funeral too. I felt really bad. I I didn't cry at my cousin's funeral because I was a child. Um. And it's kind of hard to like process sadness when you're younger. So yeah. I don't think I cried at Megan's funeral. Felt really sad. Felt awful. I, I, I'm still really sad hard. about Megan. That's I, you know, I am too. <laughs> if I really think about like um certain aspects of that day, it, like it makes me really sad. But like I, you know, I remember not crying, and I, I, you know, yeah. So I get that. It's like sometimes you just don't. You're, 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 you the, the thing is uh, crying doesn't really show whether you're feeling grief or not. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then she says, uh, she says, well, do you want me to do anything for you? Do you want me to take, pick you up, take you to Tijuana, get you laid? <laughs> 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 but, 
it's like one of those little throwaways that like I, I was like wait i had to back up twice and like watch it because i was like that's hilarious um yeah <laughs> so um so i wrote it down anyway um then she's trying to help great uh, uh she's trying to help emily go through lorelei's things or yeah lorelei senior's things right and while they're going through grand's entire it looks like the the storage room of a museum but in her house right like this woman is a hoarder like like it looks like national you know what it looks like that house looks like the storage facility in indiana jones <laughs> yes it's full of like priceless relics yeah <laughs> like it's full of it's full of these like heirlooms that like nobody like has claimed in her entire lifetime not just, just heirlooms like, but like expensive art like <laughs> yeah like, like portraits as big as the 10 foot ceilings like insanity uh, is in there and honestly like if it weren't for the fact that i know for like this is a this is a scripted thing um i would say that like there's no fucking way uh emily actually discovered what she finds because it's like finding the needle in the haystack. She just stumbled upon the most devastating thing within well, like 10 minutes of Lorelai's arrival. Well, the thing is before she stumbles onto it, like um, the Lorelai is like saying to Emily, you know, I, you know, there's things I don't know about her. What was like, what was her maiden name? She says, Gilmore. She's like, Gilmore. And she's like, yeah, she married her second cousin. <laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> you know the back then here. yeah she back then the, the there was purity of bloodlines and she's like what you know <laughs> and, and and i love it when she tells rory this later it's like the big headline not the fact that emily has found this letter that was written about um about emily she the, found a letter from the night before Richard and Emily's wedding where yeah, she kept a carbon copy of it for some reason. Yeah. I know why she did. Cause she's spiteful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't need explained to me. I'm like, like you know what <laughs> when she said, why'd she keep a carbon copy of it? I was like, because she is like the rich bougie version of my granny who would 100 percent keep a carbon copy of that i was like i'm like i can't wait to go through granny's desks and find that like whatever is in there because like if there was some like very frigidly there's not anything female, like that in granny's thing be nice but <laughs> no, 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 no. i'm saying like there it's kind of an og move to be like i so well worded this devastating letter that I'm going to keep a carbon like, of it. Yeah, I mean, she didn't do stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, I mean, yeah, this grand might, but like, yeah. but so, your granny wouldn't write stuff like that to people. I mean, no, <laughs> but oh, it, it's like, it's horrible. And at one point she even says like, I wish you would marry Penelent Lot instead. Like I urge you right. for the sake of your yeah. happiness. Like it's yes. bad. Yeah. It and then horrible. And then Emily basically quits and hands the whole funeral over to Lorelai to do. <laughs> and Rory volunteers to write the obit. 
which yeah. is cool because then she has to have another thing back and forth with Doyle because yeah. he thinks she's using the resources for personal stuff. And the minute he mentions, she mentions that it's his, her great grandmother. Then mm-hmm. Doyle's like, my grandmother died last fall. I still am not doing well with it. <laughs> and then, and then Rory's like, okay, it wasn't my grandmother. It was my great grandmother. I don't know why I said that. And I didn't know her very well. So I'm getting to know her like this. Well, everyone should know their grandmother. So yeah. you go ahead. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and you know, quite frankly, that it's like one of those things where you're like, "Wow, Doyle is a human!" <laughs> like, what a 3D thing to throw in there. You totally it's broke. Like, you totally broke Doyle down to his core by talking about his granny. I love that. Yeah, like, I, I honestly, I loved that, and it was the first time I was like, "Oh, I kind of like Doyle for a second. Like, weird." <laughs> like, <laughs> Doyle's actually a really good guy. Yeah, um, Doyle is a good guy. Like, like it, it yeah. because it was like immediately, and then Rory's still sitting next to the guy who was just getting grief, and he's like, "Oh, my term lasted four months. Yours lasted two days. Awesome." Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like okay, so that guy's an asshole. <laughs> like, so I love that the, the next time she comes over to the house, uh, Lorelai comes over to Emily's. She is drunk, smoking, and reading a book. on the carpet and the house is just like there's like flowers piling up in the entrance right yeah because she's not she's the she hasn't hired another maid amongst the rooms right well she hasn't hired another maid or anything she's just like fuck it right (laughs) yeah and and she's like "Uh, um uh, uh, but mom aren't you gonna do the planning well no maybe penal and lot should do the planning (laughs) she's the one she wanted <laughs> and remember, thank Penel and Lot for being Penel and Lot. <laughs> this uh This is the this is the honestly, I couldn't even I was like, this would be funny. <laughs> it was it funny. So I was nuts. dying laughing. I'm sorry. Okay. I think <laughs> I I lost like, it out loud when it co- when it cuts to the to the living room and she's in there smoking and drinking like she's getting she's smashed and she's smoking in her house and you know she would never want that kind of smell in her house regardless as to whether she was doing it like <laughs> like you know I literally I think what it is is like first of all I think it's a full overreaction right like <laughs> well yeah but that is because. I think even if I were the person who like opened the drawer, found the letter, and it was some like horrible thing my mother-in-law said about me, I would still plan my mother-in-law's funeral. Like I would <laughs> well, be some thinking, of those, some of those, this bitch the entire time. Some of those demands would definitely get chucked. thrown out the window immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, uh, yeah. I think that that like it would almost be liberating to find that because instead of like finding an ostrich to carry her casting down the alley aisleway or whatever, it would be more like, okay, you're not getting most of what you want. Because you're dead and life ain't fair. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're not doing this but crap. But I still plan the funeral, you know? Yeah. And I think that that was, like, the part that I really, like, didn't well, like. About I, I, she actually kind of had a mental breakdown just like he did, right? Yeah. Like, like they were both yeah. having a mental breakdown. And yeah. it's it just, it was one of those things where I was like, the thing about loss is, like, I think that my experience with it is very much, like, sometimes it's not your turn to grieve yet and you have to (laughs) keep your shit together so that other people can have their turn well that's the thing i think that's what was happening like she was keeping her shit together and then she read that and everything just broke 
You know what I mean? Like I was feeling grief for this woman that I didn't really like. And then like now I, I understand why I didn't like her. She hated me the whole time. You know, like there was never, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) It wasn't like she was like, oh, I like you. It was like she very, it wasn't like, oh, she's just a cold and frigid person and she might like me deep down or she sees the effort I'm putting in. It was like, you know, she liked Emily about as much as that client I was talking about earlier liked the logo I made. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. It was like, maybe she secretly sees something in it. No, she doesn't. She doesn't like that I'm even handing it to her. So like, yeah. she's being as nice as she possibly can, but she hates it. Like, <laughs> Right. So Richard, this this part here, I, I, I lost it again because Jason showed up, right? And right. he opens the door to the thing, and Jason doesn't know how to deal with any of this. Yeah. Richard's standing there, and he's in a robe, and his hair is, like, fucked, right? It's like... <laughs> Jason's here just because he's like, hey, I need to have off a- some business papers to you. No, I, he needed something signed, you know, because yeah. they're business partners. And he, he, he hugged him, and he's like, that hug, I never thought that hug would end. Like... <laughs> <laughs> And Laura's like, Lorelai is like, yes, I know. I'm sorry. Like, I promise that won't have to happen again. And then Jason says something about like, he doesn't want to go to the funeral or something. He isn't going to go to the funeral. He can't handle funerals. And, you know. And, <laughs> and she was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. I just saw you hug my dad. And it, yeah. Like, well, not, it didn't make, like, she, it bothered her. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, but, then um, Rory uh well not rory uh luke and nicole they we we you know like we get these small things right they're fighting upstairs and everyone in the diner can hear them right and then nicole comes down and shouts at him right in the diner in front of everyone (laughs) right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. says something about like our house that's funny will you be back at our place and she's like our place that's funny and she walked off right Mm -hmm. and i was like ooh, Mm -hmm. you know this is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they should have just divorced when they were getting divorced like yeah. <laughs> um so um lorelei has to go and get underwear at the last minute because no one did it and um that sounds like the worst oh 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 i remember why this is i was like yeah That's, it seems ridiculous that she had to do that i was like yeah it's because grand specified that she wanted to be fresh buried in clothing. fresh clothing Right. So she goes to the underwear store to get her and that's where Lorelai finally loses it. Right. Like she's held it together for everyone. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of goes crazy in the underwear store and the poor, the poor sales lady, <laughs> you know, fairness, Grand did not make funeral arrangements easy. No. Um, but I love that. Um, Rory points out, I, I did notice the hello kitty bracelet. <laughs> you stuck on her. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this is Lorelai's little jab. Like, yeah. I'm going to put something in there she would have absolutely positively hated. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. Because tough shit. <laughs> so the best thing is that, like, when we were back in the basement at first, they were talking about Cousin Marilyn and the fact that she wanted these bar glasses. And then Cousin Marilyn shows up at the wake and cousin Marilyn is played by the same actress that played Lorelai, like Gran, right? Yeah. <laughs> Only a much younger Young person. Gran. Yeah. Yeah. And the you know, so <laughs> 
that is awesome because it's the whole cousins angle, right? <laughs> she married cousins and this cousin looks just like her. Like, <laughs> right. And they even make a joke about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, oh, wow, you do look just like her. You got a resembler. Yeah. Um, and then she's the one that introduces Lorelai as the reigning Lorelai. Yeah. She's now the reigning Lorelai. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and I love the the preacher that they brought in or the priest or whatever that had, you know, he's like got dementia and he can't remember what happened five minutes ago and he had married he goes, them. And Didn't like... I just bury you? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Didn't I just bury you? He doesn't even remember that she's like 104. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> the funny thing is that Marilyn, cousin Marilyn, has such a different personality than Gran. That mm-hmm. that it was like it's really cool the, to see the range of acting that she had to put in. You know, to well, be. Well, I also just like color cousin Marilyn's um, like attitude in the room. Like, yeah. cousin Marilyn is clearly the fun aunt who only comes to like special occasion and to tell events. stories. Like, to yeah, tell stories and be the life of the party and then go home. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I'll uh, see you at the next funeral. Like that kind of aunt. So, so this, um, Richard like fixes everything with Emily because at the wake, he says to her, I don't think we should put mom's ashes on our mantle. I think they should go ahead and be put in the family tomb, mm-hmm. all of them, because they were going to have half of them on the mantle. And she was really bugged by that. That was messing, wigging her out. Right. Because it was like, oh, she's going to be in my house watching me for the rest of my life. Like, that's yeah, creepy. Yeah, and Richard's like, no. <laughs> and, and Emily, like, broke out of everything right then because he, like, said exactly what she needed to hear. And he didn't even know it, that she needed to hear it that badly, but it yeah. was totally what she needed to hear. <laughs> that he's yeah. still on my side, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. And, um. And so that that was cool. And then they cut out to Rory and Lorelai, and Lorelai told her, "Someday you'll be the reigning Lorelai." And she's like, "I don't like that because that means you're going to be dead." And she's like, "No, I'll step down. I won't pull a Queen Elizabeth on you. <laughs> Make you wait around forever." And I was like, "Yeah, damn, this was like, you know, it was like another fifteen years until." <laughs> King Charles finally got to be king, right? <laughs> the series, Gilmore Girls, the series ended years before. <laughs> right. Joke. Like 15 years. Like, that's how, like, you know, she was already ancient at that point. And yeah. Yeah. They were already thinking that. They were already making that joke. And then 15 years passed and... <laughs> right. So episode 17 is girls in bikinis, boys doing twists, which is all about spring break, basically. Um, And um, it starts out, they're in the pedicab. Kirk is starting a pedicab, a pedocab, basically, business in Stars Hollow. And he's not strong enough to pedal the cab with people in the cab. (laughs) Yeah. So he, like, offers Rory and Lorelai the first ride of the Stars Hollow pedicab. And his heart, he's like going slower than walking, right? Like Way slower. People are passing him. People are stopping to talk to them because, yeah. hi, Lorelai. And you know. 
<laughs> and so Lorelai and Rory hop off because they're like, you know what? We'll walk to Luke's. It's we can see it from here. Like, come on. <laughs> and as soon as they hop off, Kirk immediately is able to pedal the bike again. And then he like says, he's like, well, now I'm not carrying all that weight around. <laughs> <laughs> he basically like makes a fat shamey joke towards them. <laughs> like as if like they were cab. the problem at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, dude, you're a pedal cab. Like, of course it's easier to pedal with nobody in the fucking cab. Yeah. <laughs> but it kind of defeats the purpose of the pedicab, doesn't it? Like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so we, uh, the, um, that was, you know, pre opener. So when we come back, Rory is back in her room with Paris and they're, they're putting together a protest against Burmese p prisoners and trying to get a petition together, which yeah. is, you know, Everybody else is getting ready for spring break and they're like doing this and then it's really, really cold and they get caught out in the rain and the mm -hmm. cold <laughs> doing their protest. Well, and so importantly, as they're going out for this position, their roommate, the like sporty one that jogs every morning, um, invites them to come along to spring break. Right. Because the dude from the paper is going to drive and she's and taking, she doesn't want to be in the car alone with him for not really hours. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a van. So more than there's plenty of space. Right. Yeah. So, so and they say, no, thank you. We're going to go do this petition thing right now. I'm, we're going to have a chill break here in Connecticut and it starts raining and pouring and it's freezing rain basically and they get back inside Paris is like it's not cold in Florida <laughs> you know yeah which is you know how spring break trips spring trips to Florida actually start happening right I was it's gonna say I'm like that has pretty old. much been the main deciding factor every time I've been to Florida yes <laughs> oh, for spring break yeah yeah well yeah. even I think like mom Joe AJ and I went in like December like at the start of winter break and it was because I think mom and I had a conversation where she was like I'd like to take a trip with you guys but would it be okay if we did something boring like Florida and I was like yeah it's freezing boring. here like I'm okay with Florida. Like, there's always course. fun stuff to do in Florida. What, like, do if I you're want only to there a week, Florida for four days and not be cold. Yes, I do. Like, <laughs> yeah. like boring. What do you mean boring? That sounds like yeah. a great one. Um, like, also, I really like Florida. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Like, I think Sarasota's cool, and I, you know, I love Miami. So yeah. Uh, so um, <laughs> they they decide they're going, um, and um. So we, 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 after they decide they're going, we cut to the diner and Luke, right? Talking to Lorelai and Luke is like in a bad mood <laughs> and she's like, okay, are you going to tell me what this mood's about? Cause this is crazy, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and he's like, I'm wearing different socks this morning. What do you mean? No, I'm he wearing says, socks. I'm not wearing my socks this morning. Yeah. And, and she like, says, you're not wearing socks and he goes no i'm not wearing my socks this morning and she's like well how do you know well like i was stayed in our house last night and i got up this morning and i put on socks but i realized after i started walking that they weren't my socks because i've always bought the same exact kind of socks <laughs> oh guy move yeah and these aren't them you know yeah. and um so 
there's extra men's socks in the house over where Nicole and him stay, quote unquote, stay together, right? Yeah. Um, which means Nicole is having someone else over and yeah, that's he's having that. a bad day because of it. Because he's right. wearing that somebody's socks. So we've got all these like asides throughout of the different relationships. And, you know, because this one is a definitely a cut back and forth to hold. Uh, there's like, there's so many different things happening, right? <laughs> yeah. And we get we get to um, um, they're getting ready to leave for spring break. And Paris is taking over driving this dude's van <laughs> because she can't handle riding with people. And apparently she drives really fast. <laughs> He gets out screaming, You're gonna I can't believe I made it. You're gonna kill us all. And and she's like, Hey, I cut four hours off the trip or something. Yeah. <laughs> what are you complaining about? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently she drove like a, 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 a maniac the whole way. <sighs> and uh, then we cut out from the hotel there to Jason and Lorelai and she's getting up and and he offers her a key to the apartment. Yeah. Which is a funny sequence because it gets really awkward. She's like, oh. And he's like, I mean, if you want, I mean, you don't have to. Like, you know, and he doesn't talk about it at all. It's like a whole, like, well, I'll keep it if you want me to keep it. Like, do you want mm -hmm. me to keep it? You know? <laughs> so... And Jason's like, well, do you want to keep it? And he's like, okay, I'll keep it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and we get back to the hotel again, and there's this dude, like, coming through the story that, like, keeps looking at Rory and kind of flirting with her, but not really talking to her, right? And yep. uh, maybe a couple words here and there, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Paris um, and her keep having a back and forth about whether they're doing the right things on spring break. This mostly comes up when they have rent, have a VCR in the room and they've got Bill Moyers. Um, what I can't remember the name of the they're series. They're watching the stalest documentary I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't even remember the name of it, but I can tell you that it is like a dry three-hour documentary. And I they both follow. love the thing. They both and love they it. They love and it. And they've got the whole stack of them. Like it's a whole series and they've got all of them. And, um, and, they uh, and they're starting to watch them with a little bit of pizza. And Rory looks at Paris and she says, wait a minute, are we fully committing to spring break? <laughs> they're facing the television and in the background of the television, they can see like through their glass sliding door window, like the life party of spring break happening outside. <laughs> I mean, they are staying at the spring break hotel. That's like party central. Yeah. Which like, you know, that only exists actually in TV shows and movies. Okay. Cause yeah. a, a, an actual spring break, there's never that kind of like, I've never seen it. Like it's been like a, a spring break cliche since the eighties when I was in that, the age to be partying on spring break. Yeah. I've been on spring break many times. There's never that many people hanging out outside the rooms at the hotel or at the pool <laughs> like ever. No. <laughs> well, and so I've also been on like spring breaks. I think there are, there is one in particular I specifically was on spring break in PCB 
with friends of mine like my senior year of high school and i would say the only time we were literally in panama city in march like the week of spring break and i can't say that we ran into another young group of kids outside of we went to like a glow stick party that was specifically like spring break themed and although we had never like didn't interact with anybody our age the entire time we were there in florida when we were in the specific spring break party it was like wall-to-wall people our age and we ran into two people we knew from high school there like like who had just so happened to also be at that party at pcb for spring break so uh the other time i was in miami and it was like the only time like i i mean in fairness i was there to do like surveys for my senior thesis but the only time i really saw spring breakers was in the night when i was like near a bar or near the beach like i was literally staying in the right hospital. that's what i mean like so. you could you could be like I, i've been to many times spring break as i've taken you guys on spring break or yeah. like when i was young and did spring break myself there was never a bunch of people hanging out outside the hotel rooms and stuff at a place like no that's just a that's a cliched tv movie thing like it, well, there, there might be a because... party at a pool somewhere like that's set up to be a spring break party but that's only yeah. going to be in the evening and it's only going to be for a little it's not like constant like that that's just yeah that's just not a like, thing <laughs> especially not at a shitty motel type spring break place like, well and those places don't even like they never really existed anyway even back to the like yeah. there are hardly any crappy motels on the beachfront like, yeah. I was like since I don't know where even you found this like shitty beach even in the hotel. 80s that was not a thing like because the beachfront was in the 80s getting torn down and built up into these high rises like there was none of those little crappy motels like you see in these things <laughs> yeah well and also the motel has like enough like of a bar to serve like what looks like over 150 like young people yeah so and, where are these people staying because they aren't all staying in these rooms and no one would let that many people stay and hang out no. like out in the hotel lobby on the on, on the no. railings and stuff they just wouldn't yeah. <laughs> and i was like also given our group nobody really researched where you guys were staying like enough to be like oh this is going to be the party capital right like right it, like literally was like the most partying hotel i've ever seen like <laughs> so that was going on yeah. um but they did and decide also, to go out yeah. the guy who's like making eyes at rory throughout their time there right i'm like yeah that's a vacation vibe i think that rory maybe doesn't understand that he probably has maybe three or four girls he's been doing consistently that with making yeah. eye contact with yeah so he's like so they go down on the beach and of course I, I love the thing that paris is like paying off all the people to do stuff the whole time for yeah. right and um and so they've put like a cabana up on the beach like they said bring out tables and chairs and like all kind of stuff for them on the, the beach front right mm -hmm. and then madeline louise are riding around with the lifeguards in a truck yeah. and so because they they see them and and i mean so it's like old home week right so they show yeah. they like come over to hang out with them yeah and um so madeline louise are talking about like every night there's a different place you know just text us we'll tell you where it is right yeah. and um 
And they're like, and we also find out, you know, that you can get into pretty much anywhere. And if you can't get in, if they're going to bl- block your way, we just start making out with each other and we get anything we want from guys. Which makes sense because Madeline Louise, even in high school, were like experienced flirters slash party girls. <laughs> and that's a skill right. you only build up over time. And they've been like attractive pretty much their entire lives but now they like can actually act on it and n- choose to not act on it whenever they want so You're like well i thought you were at tulane well we were but we came for tulane spring break and we just stayed we've been here a month yeah <laughs> because they got to spring break and they were like oh this is our element we can do whatever the fuck we want here like <laughs> we've we've found school. a kingdom why like, are we going it's... back to school like yeah yeah um <laughs> we get everything free here anyway because you know yeah. we're party girls yeah yep. so the 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 funny thing that happened i love the um paris hears about a banana eating contest and she's hungry <laughs> and 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 then you know this is the moment rory actually talks to the guy for like a second and then paris comes back out why why wouldn't i why would i think a banana contest eating contest isn't about eating bananas <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was great um then uh we go back to uh connecticut where luke is calling lorelei mm-hmm. um because he's in jail um she's just come home from uh, an awkward date with jason where they actually finally talk about the key and jason is like that he usually bolts at this point in the relationship but he wants more with her and this is his way of showing it but he's really awkward yeah, about yeah. telling her you know yeah. he doesn't know how to have that conversation because he's never really had that conversation before yeah so. and she's cool with it but you can tell by the look in her eye that like there are many things about jason that are going to make this not a long-term situation right <laughs> yeah i mean in I mean, fairness jason from the first date to every encounter afterwards jason has been a little bit like why the fuck is lorelei dating him <laughs> it's like it's like she's like settling and then this is a rich guy so it's not like the, if, it, if he wasn't you know he would have been tossed to the curb really quickly but she's trying out like people that her parents might like that's what she's doing right (laughs) she's like clearly i'm so bad at picking i might as well go with someone they would actually be okay with societally right and which made her put up with him like actively protesting getting drive-through tacos and being a weird little neat freak and not sharing the bed with her when she stays over and like having a dog that like is too still and quiet. <laughs> like everything's a bit off and weird. And yeah. you know, and he but makes it's, like, it's as if the script writers were like, can we get someone who's just a bit off so that like, we don't have to deal with the fans falling in love with another one of the people that we're going to, or not like, understanding why she couldn't handle him. But right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like with total. Max, we were like, okay, but that's just a normal, good dude. Like, like you just, but he had problems. Like they showed his problem, which was like dealing with Rory, you know, well, he wasn't capable of doing that he had like you know he had like big red flag signs when it was regarding rory (laughs) well honestly the big red flag for him was the part that i think lorelei liked the most which is um i don't 
like the idea of I think that doing those like big bold gestures to get out of a fight is actually the biggest red flag ever and it like is incredibly off-putting to me so like the thousand roses or, or uh, what it was a thousand daffodils delivered to the the inn I was like yeah that's a really bold beautiful gesture it's also too much like it, it is too much in response to me saying something like that during an argument like that is not that's not what I meant that's not what I wanted you to do and honestly you have now soured this flower for me because this is too much so and you took the fun out of this yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. a silly little what if that I said during an argument and it seems like you didn't understand the core of what I was saying, which is to say that like marriage is important and serious. And I want to be absolutely 100% sure when it happens, not in the middle of an argument. So, so then we go back to, um, they're, they're in a bar and they're dancing. Rory's dancing with Paris cause who else is I going to dance with? Mm -hmm. And Paris decides to kiss Rory because she thinks it'll make the guys pay attention because of what Madeline and Louise said earlier. And Rory's like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, She's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, you're not my type. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> which is true. You need consent regardless of if it's She's like, or But I was not. trying to experience spring break. I get that, but ah, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know why you did it. I still need permission. You still need permission. Like, right. And then, um, uh, she's like, we we need to go, you know? And then that guy that's been flirting with Rory suddenly like, Hey, can I hang out with you guys? And you know, do you think you'll kiss her again? You know? And like, she's like, ah, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, Rory just took the red flag. You're like, you skis, you know? Unlike her mother, Rory sees right. a red flag and acts on it immediately. Like, Madeline and Louise are like, we can get anything we want from guys from this. And it actually, like, this guy is one of those guys that you can. And mm -hmm. Rory is like, that's just disgusting. Like, <laughs> you know, Madeline and Louise would milk that guy for every dime he's got before not giving him what he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> But, Rory's like, I don't want to be around you at all, full stop. <laughs> right. Rory is not in that game. Yeah. No. And, so, um, and, that's, and that's a real indicator. It's like, yeah, Rory's not a nerd. <laughs> like, she's not weird or socially awkward or dweeby, but right. she is also not a party girl. <laughs> like, so it like goes she back has to her party limits. <laughs> like, she does. And, you know, it goes back to Luke being in jail, right? And right. Lorelai bails him out. And finds out that Luke saw her get out of the car with another guy because he was stalking her to see because he told her he was going to stay at the diner and then stalked mm -hmm. her to see what was going on. And she gets out of the car with another guy and goes into the apartment. He starts kicking the tire on the car and gets arrested. And so, um, <laughs> so this is what we hear about. And then they cut away. And, and that's important because we have to go back to see Rory and... Madeline and Louise and Paris sitting on the deck at the pool and they're all drinking jungle juice. They're drunk. They're Madeline drunk. And Louise aren't that drunk because they have a higher tolerance. tolerance. But for they take Rory's reason. phone and dial Dean because they're talking about how hot he was because those two girls loved Dean. They, you know, and um, yeah. so 
they, um, you know, Rory leaves a bad message that's kind of drunken and funny. And, um, but then, you know, they cut back and Luke is, um, they're still in there. What can they be in there? This stupid car. And he starts kicking it again. She's like, Hey, 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 you've already been in the tank once tonight. (laughs) We're not putting you back in the tank. It's time for you to deal with this in a non-kicking the car way. Right. Kicking the car clearly results in getting thrown in jail. <laughs> exactly. You know, and um, so then uh, Rory and Paris decide they're going home and they get on a flight because they aren't driving back. Screw that. They're going to leave early. And Yeah, um, which is what you can do when it is not your car that you drove down. And right. you're with Paris Geller, who has been tipping 20s all night. Yeah, she's got plenty of money to pay yeah. for the flight. She is yeah. willing to buy your and her ticket home. Paris because... is quite wealthy. Like, we know this, like, constantly. Because, yeah. I mean, things she does, like, have a personal guy hanging out with her all the time. Like, yeah, she's loaded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, she... Um, so... The thing is that we go and Lorelai is calling her and she's like, I called the hotel you were supposed to be at and you're gone. I, like, you know, you got to tell mommy you're leaving, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, uh, she, so she tells her about the, about the whole thing. And, and the funny thing is she even slipped in the little line of, uh, you know, we did this, we did that, I kissed Paris, then we watched Bill Moyers, and then we, you know, and then, and she's like, wait a minute, you watched Bill Moyers? <laughs> she didn't even, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, my phone's ringing, I gotta take it, and she clicks over, and it's Dean calling her mm-hmm. back, you know, and, um, and that's the end, right? Yeah. So. Dean, don't call her back. <laughs> when an ex drunk calls you, on spring break and you're married ignore the call you you push delete on the voicemail you say oh ha ha and you delete it (laughs) and if you feel like calling her back you shouldn't do that you should go call a divorce lawyer (laughs) (laughs) especially if you shouldn't have married her in the first place stupid yeah yeah. Alas, we're at the end of another great episode of Family Rabble. Um, tune in next week where we'll talk about at least two more episodes of Gilmore Girls. We hope. We hope. <laughs> and many other things. Love All you, right. Bailey. Love you, Dad. <laughs>